rdtdaily.com presents a Tara Buster with comedian Tara Devlin. What's up, everybody? That sounds kind of weird in my headphones. You guys will let me know in a minute how it's sounding for you because you are the producers. <laughs> we have producers um, who are cats. We have producers who like to chat. If you are uh, on other platforms, come on over to youtube.com slash C for channel slash Tara Buster to hang out in the greatest chat room in American history. So let's see. You guys will let me know in a minute if that's sounding okay, because we're having we we're going to have a very special guest tonight. Tony Brasunas is calling in an author of Red, White, and Blind, a very interesting book that um, I'm pretty, I'm interested in. <laughs> an interesting book I'm interested in. What a stupid thing to say. Um, yeah, no, I'm interested in the topic of media, and I think we're going to have a pretty uh, engaging conversation, I think. And you guys can ask questions, too, in the chat. So, oh, thank you, Jim. Jim says it sounds good. Thank you. Jim is doing double duty as producer, quality control, and uh, moderator in the chat room. So be careful because Jim is, he's, he is fair, but he's also tough. He's tough. But that's, how, that's what we expect from the Tarabuster community, right? We're, 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 we're not kidding around. All right, hold on. Let me move that camera a little. Um, all right, I see Steve, I see Jim, I see Winston. Nice to see you all. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I've been uh, looking for, I was looking at, I didn't, I have to admit, I didn't read um, his, uh, Tony's entire book. I did read a bit, a large chunk of it, and it, and I will finish it. I just didn't have the time. It's an incredible, it's pretty an incredible book and also right up my alley. And he has an interesting story. And I think that will, um, you know, I think it's going to be a good conversation. So I'm, I will, I'll save it. I'll save it. Here comes the, here comes the producer. Here he is. He's right on cue here. Tara Jr. Jr. is in the house, everybody. So to be, to annoy me. Oh, no, I can't say that. I love him. But it is annoying. All right, so I'm only, I'm looking at the time. So he, Tony's supposed to call in at 9. So, but in the meantime, we have a few minutes. Um, and I, I'll, we could talk about uh, something that, uh, well, we know, uh, whatever. We have the plug, SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, give the show a good review on iTunes. And also, uh, I want to thank... The uh, the producers that we where is this where the heck is it I got a couple of, we got some new patrons in the house guys 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 I will be sending you mugs so I just didn't get around to it yet <laughs> so I want to thank the show this show where's my drum roll is sponsored by. Florindo Tronchicelli, Shelty. I think I mangled that name, but it's a great name. And the show, let me say it again. Flor, Florindo Tronch, 
Transaliti, Transaliti, excuse me, Florinto Transaliti. What an interesting ancestry you have there. You know me, and I love uh, Roman history. It's a, what a shame, because I really want to go to Italy, and now they have a fascist running the country. That's, that's pretty bad. So, yeah, I mean, Italy's an incredible place. I've never been there. I've only seen it from afar and read all about it, the history. Okay, and also... Tonight's show is sponsored by <laughs> Kathleen Beetel. Yes. Florin, Florindi, Florindo and Kathleen. And also, 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 I got to tell you, um... We did get, let's see, uh, I want to thank Robert for increasing his patronage. That helps fill in the gaps for those who have uh, found, uh, I don't know, maybe they want to go support Jimmy Dore or something. And speaking of, let's start with that. Uh, and because it's, it will, it will ease us into the conversation with Tony because this is something uh, I saw this today. I saw that Jimmy Dore was trending on Twitter and I was like, what now? Uh, here it is. And it, this got on my nerves because if and it, there is a theme that something else happened today that I saw in the meeting. It's, it's the, it's another, uh, bullshit, both sides bullshit, but here's, um, the thing that was tr that was trending concerning Jimmy Dore. Here we go. I was in a comedy club last night, and I saw a comedian refer to, you know, one of the or he goes, you know, I don't care if you're a liberal something or if say you're a conservative free speech advocate. And I, I turned that to my buddy, producer did that comedian sitting next to me huh. who's a big lefty and i go did you know that free speech is now a right wing issue because that's what it can you believe that now can you because believe that who are no who vote i democrat, can't that's not left vote democratic think that censorship's okay to protect people's feelings they never gets believed in so that's so if you're going to give up freedom of speech because it hurts someone's feelings oh, then God. it's not a value Oh, my God. Because a value is something you stick by even when it's tough, even when it hurts someone's feelings. Oh, how, how, how profound. First of all, where, where, what example? If you're a free speech, what did he say? Either you're a liberal. Hold on. Let's see. I was in a comedy club last night, and I saw a comedian refer mm, to, you know, one of the— or, he goes, you know, I don't care if you're a liberal something or if, say, you're a conservative free speech advocate. A liberal something or a conservative free speech advocate. And then, of course, Jimmy Dore goes on to say that, oh, since when is free speech a conservative thing? And I'm sorry if you're against free speech because it hurts someone's feelings. What, what are you talking about? Of course there's no... Um, examples, right? He doesn't give us any examples. What do you mean? Where are liberals against free speech? Show me. 
Is it the speed? Because anybody can say whatever they want, you see? This is wh why it drives me up the wall when they... There's no specifics, of course. They'll just say, oh, liberals this and conservatives that. Well, sh give me the example. What are you talking about? What do you mean? And the... Because the thing is... Um, if you're against, uh, they're saying that liberals are against free speech because it hurts, it might hurt someone's feelings. What free speech could you be talking about? Because you could say the N-word. You're, you're allowed. Nobody's stopping you. But we have the freedom to have a response to it. You see, that's exactly. It is another example of exactly what I talk about with conservatives. They want all the benefits of civilization, just none of the responsibilities we have to each other. So, and they don't want to have any, any repercussions for their actions. They're just allowed to do whatever the hell they want. And if there's any kind of reaction to it, then they're being canceled. Now, and I think this is something that we could talk about with Tony because he talks about cancel culture in his book. And, um, you know, I don't know. Cancel culture. What's cancel culture? If you're a transphobe, if you're a racist, if you're a bigot, what I don't see how they're, you're, you're free from the uh, responsibilities of your actions, right? So... That's how we, you know, no one's stopping you from being those things, but no one is saying that, or let's say a private corporation a, um, doesn't have to host your hateful, bigoted views on their platform. Go to the town square. You can still go. Go to the middle of Union Square with a soapbox, stand on the soapbox and start talking about peepees and which peepees in the bathroom and how, and how who's uh you know is it dressed appropriately uh, and what bathroom it should go in right but you don't have the f yeah, it's you don't have the first amendment right to post it post your post your hateful bigoted views on, uh, well, I mean, right now, Twitter. And this is what the, I gotta get, I have to put the producer back. Hold on. What is it with him sitting on the keyboard? Hold on a second. I gotta, I'll, uh, re, uh, what, what do you call it? Not rewind. Lower that. What do you think? What, what's your opinion? <laughs> Ron, thank you. Oh, well, first of all, thank you, Jim, for your super chat. I, I don't know if I, if I said that already, but as always, and thank you for your, um, you know, what do you call it? You're, uh, being a moderator. I see you've already had to put somebody in a timeout. So good. We're, we're off to a good start. <laughs> so, and thank you, Ron, for your super chat. That will keep the show going and growing. It really does. And it keeps me, you know, I'm feeling sorry for myself. So I'm only kidding. So here on the, let me see what you guys think. You're not even talking about the story I'm talking about right now. You're just having a guy. Hey, missed you. Where you been? 
Yes. Play Dave says, the thing I figured out this week is that Republicans only believe in one freedom, freedom of guilt. Right. They don't, they want the freedom from the responsibilities. You know, when there's any kind of reaction, see, we're not supposed to have, um, uh, a feeling about being attacked by them, right? Then that's if they f- if they are canceled, quote unquote. Let's say that, or they're taken off of Twitter, then it's because all of us have had our feelings hurt, and that's not right because they should be allowed to say anything that they want to say to whoever they want to say it to, and. I'm sorry, you know, I've um, I've been a stand-up comedian in my lifetime. I've, you know, I've never had to, I've never had to say the N-word in my act. I've never had to pick on a targeted minority group. If that's what you're doing, then, you know, um, you must wow them at the Klan rally, but you're not really going to be welcome in, at uh, at at in the front room of at Gotham, right? Gotham Comedy Club in New York City or Caroline's. I'm sorry, you're just not going to I mean that maybe if you get a podcast like Joe Rogan and uh, you'll I'm sure you'll find your niche, right? Cuz there's plenty of people that want to hear that shit. But it's lazy. It's boring. It's not funny. It's stupid. It's I, I have to tell you, one time I was at a comedy club and there was this, it was sort of like an open mic situation. Um, it wasn't an open mic, but it was for new, newer comedians. And so they weren't, they weren't, uh, you know, polished or whatever. And one of it was sort of like middle middle people who had been doing it a while but they're they weren't professionals but anyway the one of the women who's i always remember this because she was she looked like a model and she probably was and her i uh, her entire act was um mocking overweight people it was really fucked up i've never seen anything like it in my life and i remember sitting with my friend looking at we were looking at each other like is this is this actually happening it was as it was uh, i felt like i was watching some high school bitch you know uh rag some bully some bully rag on some underdog and that's just not what you do that's not comedy it's not funny that's why conservatives are not funny they're not they really don't um whenever they try to do humor it's it it fails because humor is about uh first of all it's about truth and they they have a they have a hard time with that and it's about kicking it's not about kicking down. Kicking down on people is just being a dick. You're being a you're being a bully. You're being an asshole. Nobody wants to hear that shit. And that's what it reminds me of. So what are you talking about? You're being canceled because somebody's feelings are hurt? Well, give me a specific when that happened. When your freedom of speech was infringed upon. 
anybody have any examples? I've been asking for years too on the show. Um, who can somebody give me an example of Republicans, you know, doing something decent, for example? That's right. <laughs> Pookie's mama says, apparently Jeffrey Dahmer used to mock a kid with mental health issues. Yes. I don't know if you've been watching that Jeffrey Dahmer series on Netflix. It's pretty, pretty scary. And it's good. I like it. It's good because it highlight. In fact, it highlights all the um, the homophobia and racism that allowed him to get away with his his crimes for so many years and his white privilege, how he was let loose on the street. Again, that's why I think the show is pretty, um, it's not just like a typical horror, horror docu, it's not even, what is it? It's docudrama, it's not a documentary, it's uh, it's great. But anyway, but it's uh, based on truth, but it's shown from all different angles and how they, um, how he was allowed. I mean, really, they the the cops returned one of his victims to him, and uh, within that uh, within the hour, he was he had mur- he murdered him because um, you know the cops were homophobes and racists, and they believed the white guy over the community of people who had darker pigment, saying, "No, this kid, this is a kid. What are you doing? He's." You know, they're like, yeah, whatever, whatever. You, you'll you see it yourself. But, and ha, ka, Haku is in the chat. I see Haku. Yes, Steve says he likes it. He liked the Dahmer show too. But you should check it out. It's pretty interesting. But yeah, um, what were we talking about? Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, Jimmy Dore. The, and so this is what drives me up a wall. So now there, there's this overarching theme of conservatives are about free speech. Okay, show me. Show me how, wh- or show me where someone's been canceled. And it's, it's wrong. What are, what are they canceled for? They never get into specifics, Right. And thank you, Martin, for your super chat. Nice to see you there, Martin. Go get him, Tara. <laughs> well, with you by my side, Martin, we will get them together. That's for sure. But anybody on the chat, does anybody have an example of um, someone who's been canceled and, you know, illegitimately? Usually it's because they're being racist, they're spreading misinformation, they're spreading the big lie, they're, uh, they're stoking violence, right? This is, what's gotten, the, what's gotten people canceled? Let's see. Republican uh, cancel, let's see. Uh, well, let me look up deplatformed, deplatformed. Because there's been a few recently who've been deplatformed, like some some representatives. One was deplatformed off of Twitter for calling. Oh yeah, this is what happened. He said that FBI agents should be murdered on sight. You know, canceled. So uh, so unfair because somebody might get their feelings hurt when their FBI agent, husband, sister, brother, wife is murdered and um, they have to grieve their death, their needless death, right? 
I, I don't understand. Um, what, where are they being canceled so, so horribly? Oh, the other thing is, which is kind of chilling when you think about it, and not just when you think about it, when you don't think about it. Um, and I meant to talk about this the other day. They are, as Trump continues to spread the big lie, Trump, let's see. Facebook is talking about bringing they're they're having meetings about whether they should bring him back on the on the Facebook platform. And yeah, just in time for what? For him to put the another nail in the coffin of democracy. So Free speech, you know, um, like every other right, we have the right to for for whatever it might be, right? They, the the old saying is, you have the right of free speech, but you can't yell fire in a crowded theater, theater, right? It, because you have the responsibility. So, what, um, you know, no right is is ubiquitous no right is without restraint what right they just want the right to be a bunch of dicks to be assholes to be racist and that's their problem they don't want to have to evolve god forbid they they are asked to look at themselves for one minute why is it that you that you hate to, uh, a whatever targeted minority group du jour. What what is it? What is it about that group? What is it about trans people that gets you so upset? What is it about gay people? You know, because when we are when when we hate something, you know, that's, that's something wrong with us. That's what it is. You know, the world is your mirror. You don't like it. You don't like what you're looking at. Don't like fix fix your freaking face. Don't break the mirror. Fix your face. But, you know, um, I'm sorry. You can hate any minority group you want to hate. But if, uh, you know, we, we can have a reaction to that, too. As the world continues to evolve, and you realize because you've never evolved. You know, maybe 50 years ago, that shit will pass. That passed muster. But now the world continues to evolve, and you just can't keep up. Well, I'm sorry. I'm sorry you can't keep up, and people are sick of it. People are sick of taking your shit, and it's like I, I, I told you that story before about um, I used to work on, uh, you know, I work in television, and I worked on a show called Little People. What, what was it called? Uh, Little Women. Hold on. I need a drink of coffee um i haven't had a drink of alcohol in 20 years but so um so it was called little women yeah little women it was about like little women la little women i think they had new york was one little women it was on lifetime i'm not sure i'm not sure if it's still on but it might still be. Oh, no, it's coming to a close. The end of an era. Oh, that was in 2019. Anyway, whatever. So I was working on this show, Little Women, L.A., 
and one of the people that was I was working on the show with, um, we worked doing promotions for the show, and they he he said he called them, um, you know the little, I'm not going to say the word M word M word, right? You can figure it out. It's a slur. And he didn't mean it, yeah, but to be mean, he was just oh the little M word women, and um, I said you know that's that's like saying the N word to for little women for little women little people and they don't like that word that's very demeaning, and he got all upset. He was like, God damn it. Not about, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't realize that. He was like, what the hell? You know, what now? What do they want to be called now? What are they? Uh, uh, because he's a straight white man, and he was being asked to maybe evolve a little, you know, and he was he was upset. And maybe he did feel like an, uh, a fool, ultimately, inside, but yet chose to project it outward. You know what I mean? So, to, instead of looking at himself for that second he kind of decided ah what about you know what do they want to be called now everybody wants to be called something different and so what so the fuck what what skin off your balls is it to if they want to be called little people that's what i said they they want to they prefer to be called little people not the M word because that's demeaning. And, um, he, so he was very upset with me about that, but you know, look at yourself and evolve and, uh, don't, you know, don't blame me, but, uh, you know, it just seems like the, that sort of the, um, response to that some people have with, uh, you know, others finding their power in a way all right i see that we have our guest on the line hold on a second tony can you yeah. hear me tony tony bresunas how do i pronounce your name i'm sure you get that question all the time i'm sorry uh no worries no you did quite well bresunas, uh, bresunas. no silent letters just uh bresunas that's it yep and uh where what kind of name is that uh Lithuanian? What is, is um, what's your background? It is. <laughs> wow, you're one of the very first people that's ever guessed that correctly. Huh. It's indeed Lithuanian. And, oh, uh, wow. Very well done. Special uh, bonus points for you. Right, yeah. right. Um, my, I'm 25% Lithuanian and the rest uh, a mutt. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. Well, you have a very interesting story and background. And so on the phone, we have Tony Brasunas. Um, the author of uh, numerous books. The, your latest book is Red, White, and Blind. Um, and what's the... Uh, I have it right in front of me. The Truth About Censorship, Disinformation, and Propaganda in America. And it's, it's, a, it's an interesting book. I love your, your background. Can you... T so t let's uh, just dive right in. And t um, so what ha tell me about your, your experience with, uh, with the Huffington Post and how this all began. Sure, of course, Tara. I'd be happy to. Um, 
Yeah, so Red, White, and Blind, the story starts in 2016. That's a good place to start. I was writing for uh, Huffington Post covering the um, Democratic primary, and I was covering it from the Bernie Sanders perspective, so that was not the uh, the more common perspective. Um, so my articles got quite a lot of attention. Often they would get 50,000, 100,000 views. Um, sometimes they would reach the front page of Huffington Post. And, and all was going well. I wrote about a number of different elements, the superdelegates, the, you know, the various different states and the difference between caucuses and primaries. And, and I got into a little bit some of the issues that, you know, are going on with the media manipulation and mm-hmm. also some of the irregularities in the primaries and things like that. But everything was going fine. It was um, as we were approaching the convention and, uh, you know, neither candidate was going to have the sufficient earned delegates to just claim the, the nomination outright. So it was going to come down to the superdelegates, you know, the, 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 the big wigs that get 10,000 mm-hmm. votes in the, uh, in the convention. So I wrote a piece uh, basically saying, look, you know, Trump has won the nomination on the Republican side and on, you know, in polling, uh, Bernie is, is polling much better against Trump in head-to-head polls. And, you know, we have neither candidate has a clear majority of the delegates, and so it's up to the, superdel- up to the superdelegates to decide. And what I wrote about, basically the article was the reason that many independents will not support Hillary Clinton. And I went into issues of trust. And so I talked about a number of different issues. And I said, look, you know, one of the reasons, mm-hmm. one of the ways independent voters make up their mind is on these issues of trust. And, and you know, Bernie is, is way out ahead right. on this particular mm-hmm. question. So I was basically saying, why don't um, superdelegates, uh, you guys, why don't you go ahead and, and nominate Bernie Sanders? And right. I think we'll bring the party together and we'll win the election. Yep. <laughs> so great. So I published that piece. Um, and then... Uh, the next morning, um, it was gone. Hmm. And when I went to bed, it had you know thirty, forty thousand views. And then I woke up the next morning, it was gone. And I tried to, to log in to see what had happened, and my credentials were revoked. I wasn't able Jesus. to get into the platform anymore. So it was done, and uh, it was very strange. I had written a wow. little bit about censorship before, but I hadn't uh, experienced it in quite crazy. the same yeah. or yeah, in a, quite such a personal way. That's so incredible. That's the yeah. Of, uh, mm-hmm. of red, white, and blind. Yeah, absolutely. So, what happened then? Did you contact? So, of course, you were working with the Huffington Post, and they did they have an explanation why they took it down? They did not. Uh, well, so first, what happened is I, and this is one of the things that I write about in my in, in red, white, and blind that is a very positive force that is unfolding in the world right now, which is independent media. Mm -hmm. Because when I tried to find my piece, um, you know, I found all these uh, Reddit posts and these various people being like, where's Tony Peterson? Where to go? And they had tracked it down. And so I copied and pasted the piece into my uh, medium page, which I didn't write on that much, but I put it up there and then I put a link to it on Twitter. And, um, and then when I landed in Philadelphia for the convention, um, I realized it had become my most read piece, my most widely read piece of the year. Wow. Yeah. Uh, because people were just so curious about it and why it had gotten censored. And so I talk about that a bit in my book, what I call the, the Streisand effect, this, this effect <laughs> that where people want to find things out that they hear are censored. And it's a really good force right. in, um, in human nature because it's, it's one of the main things that, that opposes censorship is our natural inclination to want to know the truth. Right. So and that's what happened yeah, with the piece. Yeah. It did 
Oh, go ahead. No, no, I was just agreeing with you, and it's... Wait, hold on. Who the hell's calling me now? I shut my ringer off. Sorry about that. Um, yeah, no, I was just agreeing with you, and it's pretty... It's, you know, it makes me wonder, because I was for Bernie during the um, primary, and I, f I felt the same way. I was like, well, Bernie is uh, is a unifier. He could, he could... He's somebody who could get those Trump votes that... Um, that Hillary and the and the Democrats try to woo by being more right wing, I mean, and he's because Bernie is authentic. And I mean, I'm not trying to relitigate the the primary, but it's um, it's pretty chilling that they that Huffington Post took your post down. It doesn't it, to me. It doesn't make sense. But I guess what well, I it's why were they? They were trying to. Do what? I mean, to what aim? To what end? To silence? Well, I have, yeah. Yeah. I, I have three theories, and I don't know if you care. I can go into them. But sure, sure. What, what I did do is I have a friend of mine who's a who's a lawyer, um, and he sent them a letter saying, "Hey, what happened?" And mm. all that they did, I mean, they just gave you sort of they just sort of gave us a middle finger response, right? Basically, just they sort of copied and pasted some terms of conditions that was very vague, and just said, "Yeah, he's, he's done. We're not going to reinstate." Um, <laughs> So wow. I have some theories, but, you know, it's. I think, yeah, I mean, it could have been what was in the article, mm -hmm. um, and I can get into that. It could have been that, you know, there's definitely something that goes on on both sides of the aisle, mm -hmm. both, prim both primaries, where they want as many people in the tent as possible during the primary. Right. They're trying to bring everybody back in. So mm -hmm. they want lots of, you know, a thousand flowers to bloom. And here's Bernie. You can get behind him. Or here's, you know, remember Dennis Kucinich yeah. and, and Howard Dean. And, you know, and, and they bring people in with the sort of more, um, I would say, authentic candidates. But we mm -hmm. can use different adjectives. Yeah. But then at the end of the day, when it comes time for the business end of the primary, they want everybody to get behind the person they already selected. Hmm. And. They, they don't have any more use for, for not only for Bernie, but for people like me that were writing from that perspective. Right. We're going to continue to, you know, maybe at, maybe undermine. Right, um, right. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but yeah. I agree. I mean, I think history would be very different had, I think, they just taken their hand off the switch and allowed the, the primary to go organically. I think we would have had a Bernie Sanders victory. And probably in November as well that year. I mean, we'll, we'll never know. I think so too, time. but yeah, we'll never know. But I, yeah. I do, I do as well, because I think at that, that election was the outsider election and people were just done with the, you know, Hillary Clinton and the, uh, the establishment in that case. So, but even though Bernie's been around for That's a million years, he was more, he definitely more authentic. And, but of course the corporate media was, um, all, saying how much you know he, well, he's a socialist a socialist you know that would be how they'd attack him and now that's the that's the revisionist history whenever i watch corporate media they always say how bernie would never have won because you know he, he's a socialist and that's that's that so but anyway but of course what's funny about that is that's exactly what they tried to use in the democratic primaries they say oh right we'll never vote for bernie because exactly but bernie won all of the more he won michigan he won yep. west virginia <laughs> you know he won indiana i mean it didn't quite really add up exactly the places that, that hillary did well were the places that were the blue states you know that were the that democrats yes. would have won anyway exactly winning like new york and 
and, and Bernie would have won those states, too. The, the difference is Bernie would have had a real shot at a lot of the red states. Yes. And probably taken a few of them, and that would have been enough. So Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we'll never know. But right. I like how you put that. It's revisionist history. Once they can write the history, they tell you what would have happened. Oh, they always do. They always do. Yeah, when they – I can't even tell. I mean, I watch the, the uh, people who watch the show – they know all because I watch Morning Joe in the and uh, it's sort of like I hate watching oh, it sure. every That's morning. <laughs> I hate, well, I just uh-huh. I hate why I don't know why I do that to myself, but I get my coffee and I hate watch Morning Joe and it just drives me insane because they they revisionist history everything and it's uh, really irritating. Yeah. But I and so you know hence your book, which is uh, to me I'm I have a master's degree in communications and media studies and this is right up my alley and um, but I wanted you know a couple of things that uh, I saw you talking about uh, in the book about being canceled and whatnot. Now this what you what you're talking about that's something about being canceled. You know you this was a obviously your article was that's canceled you know (laughs) and um but and when you talk about a balanced uh see a balance it's not about a balanced media diet that's because in my opinion let's talk about this because i i do not uh, okay there's there's no both sides to the truth right is the election was the election stolen no the election wasn't stolen 2020 or 2016 the uh 2020 what did trump win the election i don't think we have enough i I don't think we have enough to know that for sure about 2020 that's that's my sense on that Mm. I, i spent some time investing in that i don't write about it it's fun in the book but i i do cover a little bit um about that so that's that's my sense of it it's that because, you know, with election, with the election machines, um, ever since, you know, really 2000 and 2004, when, when the election was, you know, there was definitely a lot of evidence of election rigging in Ohio in 2004 mm-hmm. when, when uh, George W. Bush ran. Yeah. And, but we didn't investigate that. And right. kind of the, the issue of electronic voting machines has just sort of festered for almost 20 years now. Right. And to the point where we don't, you can't independently verify these things. They're right. all using secret computer code, and they've gotten worse, and they're now more. So in 20, 2004, it was only about 20% of the precincts in the country used electronic voting machines, but now right. we're like closer to 80%, 90%, and so it's it's a tough one. I may have to write my next book hmm. on that question. Well, I, I don't have yeah. an answer for you. No, no, I, I'm just saying. I don't I don't believe it was. I think that if... The, if uh, I, and I hear what you're saying about the electronic voting machines because that was one of my my the things for many years uh, studying that, reading about that, talking about the um, you know the the mysterious redshift in uh, electronic voting machines where votes would flip, uh, but always for the red for to the Republican side. And also, I mean, we do know that the um, these there were some attempts to hack into the voting machines from Russia during and then they uh, in Florida during uh, the last camp I mean the last elections in 2020 but I think that you know if 
if, if there, there, I don't think there's any evidence it was stolen from. I mean, Trump lost the friggin' election. He lost the first time too. He he lost. Uh, he received fewer votes, and he also, um, but he squeaked by through the electoral college. That's a whole other story. But I don't think there's like both sides in that. I, you know, I mean, they've had uh, how many 61 court cases thrown out with prejudice, meaning like get the fuck out of here with this. And uh, because they have no evidence and, um, you know, if there's evidence, well, again, let's I, take I it. Mm -hmm. I'll yeah, see it. I, I, that, that's the issue. I, I think it's, it's we should look at any time so so right we should look at when people contest the election results of electronic voting machines and we don't have the evidence to show them that it was accurate mm -hmm. there isn't evidence either way and well so that's I think it's legitimate for people yeah. to be upset it's, and so it could have gone the other way right we're like let's imagine trump had won 2020 but it had been very close and in a number of states there's all kinds of stuff with the electronic voting machines and democrats went and protested right saying, look we yeah but they're right they're wrong it's, it's, yeah, but There's they're not, not evidence there, but so they're not they this time this these Trump like Giuliani and they're not talking about electronic voting machines. They're talking about that it was stolen because dead people were voting and all and immigrants were voting and all, all kinds of bullshit. So they there's not there there are no uh this is not what they're talking about. They're not talking about electronic voting machines. So but I know what you're saying. So there I agree with you on that. There's yeah, there's a distinction between voter fraud and election fraud, right? Mm -hmm. So voter fraud is is when people say, yeah, that that, that voters went to the polls and did fraudulent stuff. Right. Like That's a voter went and said, I, you know, I, I get to vote again in this precinct, even though I voted in 20 other precincts, or I'm a dead person, I'm going to vote. That stuff, I agree. That's been coming from much more from the right for a long time, and there's relatively little to back that up. I've, I've looked at that pretty much, you know, very little election fraud is the other thing election fraud is where uh votes are manipulated by the election mm -hmm. machines or voted by election officials sort of covertly and that's what you saw in ohio if you read there were two great yeah. books about the ohio election in 2004 where they they were centralizing this stuff in central tabulators on the internet that yes. makes no sense right and no i hear so you that so, mm -hmm. so i think if you can pull those apart um i would say uh voter fraud little to none i wouldn't say zero but little to none election fraud we don't know and i think it's naive to assume that there's none i think yeah. it's very naive to well, imagine nobody would be doing that of course they are so, i mean yeah. people are trying to hack into that's why i you know, i've been always i always advocated for yeah well like um to have a paper trail with the electronic voting machines, which they should. Yeah. Yeah. So, but that th those are two different issues. Trump and this big lie is, you know, they they really don't have a leg to stand on. They're not talking about electronic voting machines, and that whole uh, that we've been talking about electronic voting machines for years. I mean, uh, Brad Friedman's been doing a lot of work on that, and others, you know, like. Um, um, Greg, Greg Palace. Yeah, Greg Palace. Thank you. Yeah. So I'm just saying that as far as um, that is concerned, uh, to, in my opinion, this you might um, disagree, which is fine. Um, there, there's no both sides to reality, you know. So when you talk about where I, I, I agree, we are in silos of information and that is that's the that's the fault of the corporate media that is that's 
Bill Clinton signing the Telecommunications Act of 96, which deregulated the media and created these, uh, the, the monopolies, the media mono- monopolies, where it yeah, allowed yeah, um, the likes of Rush Limbaugh to, and Fox News, really, to, to develop. And now people go on to... Uh, you know, they'll go to Fox News or MSNBC. And I don't see and and we talk about it on the show, too. You know, MSNBC is not the liberal media. It is. It's more left uh, in a way. It's less, you know, it's not. Uh, but it's corporate. It's all corporate. So they're not. That's why they're not for. I mean, if you watch during the primary, they were they they were merciless against Bernie. It was, it was, it used to make me uh, want to puke. They were so anti-Bernie. It was ridiculous. And they are, they're anti-anything. For example, they, they, they're, they're anti-universal health care. The constant beating of the drum against uh, stuff that the American people really need, you know. And uh, so, but that's, that's just, you know. Uh, that's that, but I don't really consider they're you know CNN, MSNBC. They're not, they're they're not Fox News, but they're more left. But they're not. They're certainly not liberal. And um, but Fox News. Well, uh, I think. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, I I, I I think I would say in my experience in my research, they are similar in the sense that MSNBC and CNN um, and. Fox News, right? They're owned by these. There's five corporations mm-hmm. that own all of the corporate media, and 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 also a lot of the stuff that tries to look independent. Right. Um, and so they own. They each own one of these networks. You know, CNN or or, or Fox News, and their job is to basically be the red news or the blue news. You know, keep people divided, keep people outraged and divided mm-hmm. over their side, and, and believe that their side is correct. And it's not that hard to do because we, we, in addition, I was talking about the Streisand effect, we have this natural desire to know the truth. But competing against that, we have this also this natural desire to stick with our tribe, to belong and fit in and not think of things outside of what our tribe thinks about, mm-hmm. and also to avoid cognitive dissonance and, and to seek confirmation by it. Right. And so what they're doing is they're really catering to that. They're pushing on that. So when you flip on... Like you said, you were hate watching MSNBC. Or I, I'll <laughs> right. watch Fox. I'll watch MSNBC. I'll read the New York Times. I'll, yeah, I, I do a balanced media diet because what ends up happening is you otherwise you get pushed into these thought silos, and they're doing it deliberately, and they they ramp it up. So if you watch Fox, it isn't just the Republicans, or it's usually they don't even necessarily build up their party; they attack the other party. So mm-hmm. if you're on MSNBC. It's all about how the Republicans are evil and tr- Trump is the devil. If you're on Fox, it's all about how the Democrats are evil and, and Biden is, is, you know, the worst thing that's ever happened. And, and they just sort of divide you and they mm-hmm. push us through hate. They want to mm-hmm. push this negative energy. Right. And so what I write about as a positive thing that's happening right now is, and I call it a new enlightenment, because independent media is sort of growing like the grass to the cracks in the sidewalk and it's coming up everywhere on the Internet. And what it's doing is it's allowing people to start to inform themselves outside of these narratives of the corporate media. Mm-hmm. And what that's doing is it's allowing people to start to reconnect with each other. And we really need to do it because we're getting very divided as a country. It's very important 
that that's why I, I really push the balanced media diet where mm-hmm. you can start to just free your mind a little bit from this one silo of thinking and this one set of devils that you're supposed to hate, you know, right. instead to look at the world a little bit broadly. Yeah, I hear I do you. I agree with you that there's not, there's not one, there's not both sides to the truth. There is ultimately one truth and you can get there. Um, but it's, it's a little, it, we want to avoid the temptation of thinking our side is right, you know, mm. and our team and the other team is always wrong. Right. Okay. So give me an example. If, if you can, if you have something, you know, for example, you know, sure. as far as Fox news, where is Fox news? Right. And let's say, uh, MSNBC or CNN where, and, and, and they're wrong. You know what I mean? Is that, is that a, a fair question? Yeah. Yeah. So, so what I do, what I do in red, white and blind is I start off with the book with some things that will, that are more bipartisan or even I would say nonpartisan. So I jump right in with Jeffrey Epstein, mm-hmm. right? If you look at the Jeffrey Epstein story and both sides, basically, you know, if we'd say both sides, I mean, the red news and the blue news, he got off scot free yes. essentially for 20 years. I mm, mean, this, is, this yes. is a pedophilia ring, the worst thing you can possibly imagine running at the, at the apex of the power establishment of the Western world, mm-hmm. you know, thousands of girls. I mean, just, you can't imagine anything worse. And it went on for 20 years. Yes. Until finally, this article, this, yeah. this uh, very small journalist in Florida wrote this piece in 2019. And then it kind of finally came out, but you know, that doesn't happen. That, that type of censorship doesn't happen because a yes. couple of bad apples or because Democrats are good or Republicans are good or Democrats are bad or Republicans are bad. No, it's because the establishment media the corporate media is managing narrative yeah in order for us to be easier to rule okay and part of that is divide and conquer but part of that is actually censorship and propaganda that story was censored for 20 years yeah there's there's abc news amy robach on abc news she had the story in 2015 2016 she had virginia roberts who was one of the Mm. girls that escaped jeffrey epstein's clutches came to New York, she came out of hiding, she, she did the whole thing, hmm. and they squashed the story. They, they quelled right. the story and it didn't come out for four years. That's hundreds of more girls, right? right. So the media, and the media is not, they're not trying to help us understand these things. The corporate media wants us to be uninformed and misinformed. Right. They're the purveyors mm-hmm. of the misinformation, the disinformation. So I start with Jeffrey Epstein. Then I move into another couple of stories that are like that, like I talk about the origin of the virus. Of, uh, of, of the coronavirus mm-hmm. and why that story was also censored for a full year when it would have been very, very, very helpful to know from the get-go that this, you know, came out of a lab, almost certainly. That would have helped us understand how to treat uh, it. But do we know that? Is that what happened? Is that? I mean, either way, see, this yeah. is the other thing with the coronavirus. Who cares if it came out of a fucking lab or out of a meat market? out of some wet, disgusting, um, you know, market, it doesn't, what is the point? Who cares? It's, uh, we have it. It's oh, here. No, it, makes you a know? Huge, it makes a huge difference. So for, so it would have made a huge difference right off the bat, because if we had known the origin of it, it would have been much easier to understand how it was likely to mm-hmm. evolve, whether a vaccine would be effective, you know, where it was likely to go next. So that's one big thing. And, and we, and still the fact that it's, it's, still largely taboo in the corporate media means we're still not totally able to look at that. Many scientists are still not able to ask those questions. Yeah, but it's not, it's but not, th- about- is that true though? Did it come from a lot? And like, nobody knows. We don't know. Do we know? And what would be the point of, you know, hiding that? That's the, that's the thing. It's sort of like, 
I feel maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like the right wingers are always looking for the this conspiracy uh, as if we want to as if uh, in this case, I guess, Fauci wants to control every who fucking wants to control them. I don't want to. Nobody wants to control them. We just want them not to infect us and kill a million people like. You know, for example, right now what's going on in Florida, they have this hurricane. They're not complaining that Ron DeSantis closed down businesses on the beach or told them people to evacuate their homes. <laughs> you know, and it's kind of the same thing in a little in a in a uh, condensed form. But yeah, this is sometimes that's what governments need to do. Governments, that's what we elect governments to do, right? We want them to respond to emergencies. So, you know, I don't know. Uh, but as far as the this lab leak hypothesis, what is what's the the underlying theme of that is that something nefarious was going on and you know that that's what it feeds that narrative of uh somebody's doing something to you and they and they need to be stopped because they're evil that's you know what i'm saying this is what it feels well, I, like I with the republicans of, mm -hmm. well i think it's important to, i think it's important to, to to have an adult perspective on this that some people are, are bad and some people do bad things to make a lot of money i think we don't necessarily know what it was it could have been the fact that it came out of the lab doesn't mean it was deliberately released. That's not the question we're trying to get at. And if it was deliberately released, that was, that could mean different things. If it got out accidentally, that could mean different things. But to, to allow mm -hmm. it to be established, this happened. And what we know now is that the reason that it was largely the reason that it was censored in the news for so long was because the people that were funding the research in the Wuhan lab to lose a lot of prestige and a lot of money. So if like Peter Dodzak, who was the guy that was basically the owner of the EcoHealth Alliance, and it was that was the organization through which the money was funneled from the NIH to the Wuhan lab. Mm -hmm. If it comes out that the virus came out of that lab, this guy, Peter Dodzak, who's a very powerful, prestigious guy, he's always being quoted in the media, he's going to look a lot worse, right? And it, it would ruin his career. That's the, the least of the concerns, right? There's also like, could, could he be culpable? for like this virus getting out that's, you know, been, you know, just killed thousands and thousands, millions mm -hmm. of people, right? So it's a big deal. It's not a... It's, yeah, but I, there's I not, prefer, there's no I, evidence. I recommend not seeing it as a right left thing. Yeah, I, mean, I is, hear you. We need to know if, they, you know, if, if, if governments all over have experimented with biological weapons and chemical weapons and nuclear weapons, you have to realize that mm -hmm. that's going on. Yes. The fact that they're doing gain-of-function research, which is just deliberately trying to make viruses more lethal, more deadly... We should be really concerned. But we about don't. That, is that what was happening? There's, there's no substantial it's evidence for that. How do you it's, know? It's really interesting. Book. <laughs> this is what you I'm know, saying. It's, it's like knowing. It's like knowing Jeffrey Epstein, right? So there's a really interesting book that I recommend. It's mm. called. Um, uh, what's the name of it? I think it's called Viral. It's called mm -hmm. Viral, and it's this a uh, couple of scientists that look directly at this question. And one of them, her name is. She's an MIT scientist, and, she, and her name's Alina Chan. And she did this great interview, and she said, you know, when we found the grant to do gain-of-function research in this lab on bats, doing, on coronaviruses, she said it would be like finding a grant to put horns on horses, and then a year later you find unicorns running around in Wuhan. 
Okay. It, it just doesn't make it, it. It's so. It's such a huge coincidence. It's such a huge leap. And now we know that the lab they they destroyed the evidence. We know that you know it's in the same city. It's the biggest lab in the country. There's 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 just continuously. I've been writing about this now mm. for three years. Well, not the, the the book for three years, but the the leak of the virus since you know midway through 2020. It's just more and more evidence keeps coming out that supports that. And no more evidence has come out supporting. But where? See, okay, I don't want to. I don't since you know it's not my uh, it's not my wheelhouse. I haven't been doing uh, research on it, but I just I don't. Where where are you saying that there's an evidence of some thing came out? uh, Gain of function research grant came out. Um, where, where are you getting this information? You know, because I'm reading in other articles that say there's, it's, first of all, it took 14 years to, to figure out where, where SARS came from. They're not going to really, you know, it, it takes time to do the, the actual, uh, investigation. Right. But where, um, where is this? this you know uh this other this thing you're talking about like how come this isn't in the new york times if or oh i mean but you're saying so this is see to me that sounds like it just sounds like a conspiracy theory now because the the fact is yeah i understand people are greedy people uh, have their self-interests at heart and many and many are you know, disgusting like Jeffrey Epstein. That, that he's a he's a fucking disgusting, you know, narcissist, sociopath. And yes, he was protected for many years because he he he's rich and he was powerful and connected to a lot of people. So, but you know, um, and I do I think that he committed suicide? I don't. I you know I think it's kind of uh, coincidental that all the cameras went out when he. You know, uh, when he was supposedly committed suicide, you know, everybody just happened to go for a coffee break and and all the cameras went, you know what I mean? So, but, okay, that's that's one guy. But what, okay, so now, and now it's, uh, so that you're saying that the left media is censoring Jeffrey Epstein, the Jeffrey Epstein story, and the and the left media whatever you know the corporate media um is censoring the corona the origins of the coronavirus store um at pandemic is that so those are the two things you're saying are uh that the right gets those right are the first two stories that i yeah mm-hmm, those mm-hmm. are the first two stories that i jump into because i think they're they're fairly um i don't think they're controversial it sounds like maybe maybe the second one is still controversial to you but i, I think they're know. fairly non-controversial relative to rather than picking issues that are clearly controversial yeah. that would be clearly one side versus the other is going to think is true i think in both instances it's very clear that there was huge censorship that was really problematic for society as a whole and so because and then so jumping off from those two, I say, look, these, this, is, this wasn't done on the right or on the left. This was done across the mainstream corporate media. And this is, this is signs of what I call, so I distinguish censorship, propaganda, and bias. This is, this, these are signs of different types of media manipulation in our country. And so the whole book is basically, and, and sort of what I'm talking about, is using a balanced media diet to, to attain a State where we are able to see through some of these uh, media narratives that are false and they're deceiving us, mm-hmm. and that that is an 
important part of being an American today. That's, mm-hmm. that's my belief. I think that this, this distortion that's in our mainstream media, both the left media and the right, um, is the largest, most destructive kind of deception we face right now. You know, it's as destructive as the deception we, our own self-deception that we have in our life, where we, you know, have these voices in our head telling us things about, you know, what we're supposed to be and who we're, what we're supposed to do with our lives and these kinds of messages we get from our parents and all that kind of stuff that you, you can use psychotherapy to understand or you can use meditation or, you know, you can sort of reach a place where you get beyond that kind of self-deception. I, I think the same type of deception is going on. We just don't look at it as much coming from without, coming from these large media corporations that want us to think a particular way. And Mm -hmm. so, yeah, to begin with, I use some stories like that to say, look, this story was clearly manipulated and distorted, and why? And Mm. that's that's sort of a jumping off. Right, right. But I just say, I mean, those two stories, those are very... Um, they're not it's not really political stories, you know, it's just kind of a right. couple of stories that are, I guess, you know, being um, treated differently. I Because even the Jeffrey Epstein story, as far as the right wing. Right. So they I guess it's getting more attention on the right wing because they are saying that it's because of the Clintons, you know, the Clintons are are corrupt and um this is why jeffrey and they killed jeffrey epstein this is what the that's what that's the um the narrative right so they had somebody else killed like everybody else they've killed supposedly and you know it just i don't know that doesn't feel like okay why do i want a balanced diet of some fucking bullshit you know, like, why am I going to Fox News? Like, I, I don't need to tan my balls, you know, I, I and right now, um, what's his name? Tucker Carlson is talking about how Joe Biden um, was the one who blew up the uh, the pipeline and the Russian pipelines. It's, you know, it's it's all um, it's all this nefarious undercurrent shit that. Democrats are evil and they're actually there's this whole secret society that's actually fucking, you know, committing murders and trying to kill everybody. It's just it's I don't know to me. I I I don't know when you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, My experience. So, you know, as I mentioned, I I come from the progressive side of Mm -hmm. the Democratic Party. I was was very active in the Green Party, and I was active with uh, Bernie Sanders. And writing this book was interesting because I think I started out writing the book just going to sort of with a non, you know, a nonpartisan perspective, looking at these different stories. And I was expecting to find a lot more bias in the direction that you're talking about. What I have ended up finding in the book um, is that the, the side that you think, it sounds like, that you believe is really weaving these sort of outrageous theories is, is, is similar. I mean, they actually have, there are a lot of stories that I went in thinking I was going to find that the Democratic, like, blue media was right and the red media was wrong, and I found the opposite. Like what? Give us nuanced. an example, if you, so, if you can, if you have one handy. Sure. Yeah, sure. Um, and, and I guess before I do that, I just wanted to, to point that out, that the point of the balanced media diet is not that you're going to change your mind. Mm-hmm. You don't have to change your mind. Like, let's say, like, you have a really strong view on abortion or mm-hmm. on gun control or one right. of these 
sort of hot button topics. It doesn't mean that by reading or, or watching the other side, you're going to then suddenly have to change your mind. Mm-hmm. It just means that you'll be able to understand the other side. You find like, okay, I can understand how you have a different view on abortion or gun control or mm-hmm. free speech or religion, whatever these things mm-hmm. are. And now I'm not going to hate you, right? Now I can, I can again talk to my uncle or my aunt or my daughter or my husband, you know? It's kind of that idea is, is a big part of the balanced media diet. That's one big part of it. The mm-hmm. other part is, is training our own mind to be able to see uh, false narratives for what they are. Right. Okay. Right. So, um, so what are some things? Um, like the Hunter Biden laptop story. Oh God. Um, that one I went in. <laughs> oh, the, the, the censorship by Twitter. I was thinking I was going to go in and say like, okay, so. So Twitter was probably right to censor this because this was going to, you know, this was a this was fake news that was going to uh, swing the election. And what I found is that the, the, you know, the fact that the laptop surfaced and did have all of this information, basically, th- there's no reason that that story should have. Been well, what did what what did, let me ask you then? So you know about this laptop? So what what is the big fucking deal about this this laptop? Supposedly, that's the evil laptop. I keep hearing. From the, that's how they describe it. Sure. Mm-hmm. So, sure. So the basic story is there's there's some reason to believe, and and more people obviously on the right believe this than on the left, but that Joe Biden um, was when he was vice president with Barack Obama, um, he had interactions with Ukraine, um, where he was basically helping Burisma, this Ukraine company, to which was running, which was corrupt. And was getting investigated, and he helped to end the investigation. And oh, as part of that, that is, is bullshit. Gone. Right off the bat, right there, because they, the entire Western democratic world, it wasn't Biden ending an investigation. They, it was the Barisma was corrupt. That's what was happening, and they were telling it to get its act together. It wasn't Biden. He was just. Uh, trying to th- this this is why it's so it's it's insanity making because the, it's they'll take a grain of truth and it becomes this thing now Hunter Biden's laptop if I okay sorry I didn't mean to interrupt well, let you, me just but, finish with the what, yeah, what's, on the, what's on the laptop <laughs> yeah it's okay no I understand um so basically, so so what was left, though, so so Hunter Biden got this position on the board, mm-hmm. right, where he was he was being paid. There's different reports, somewhere yeah. 50000 a month, 80000 a month. I've heard different numbers, but some huge amount of money. Right. And Hunter Biden, I don't know if anybody on the left or right, right. to defend him. I mean, he's clearly, no. you know, is really into drugs and prostitutes. and whatever. Not anymore. Like, I mean, he's clean now. He's, he's in recovery. This is the thing. This is the other thing that gets on my nerves because he... He's not into drugs and prostitutes now. He talked about openly about his struggles with addiction and he's clean and sober now. And they use that. Uh, it's it's just really dirty, frankly, and disgusting. It's like, you know, so was uh, you know Glenn Beck. So was Rush Limbaugh. So it's like going back into somebody's worst moments and continuously using that as an excuse it's uh it's uh, because he had the courage frankly to um you know to share his his experiences with addiction and uh you know he's not he's not he's not on drugs now so i anyway i don't i don't, I don't know maybe 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 isn't. i'm not certain about that what was supposedly on the laptop mm-hmm. is 
So he leaves a laptop at, at some, um, like, tech company, like, little tech store that's going to work on his right. laptop. And he forgets about it, leaves it there. And so the, the owner of the laptop store basically, like, you know, pulls the data off, and he realizes that there's some stuff on there. He gives it to, I think, the FBI and a couple of journalists. Mm-hmm. And so what? So basically what, what's unclear at that point, so, so Hunter Biden is on the board of Burisma, and he's making fifty or $80,000 yeah. a year. For, for, he doesn't obviously offer anything really to right. the board. Mm-hmm. Or maybe there's something, but it's hard no, to No, he offers connections. So, That's, I, it's, it's a rich person. Yeah. It's like, you know, all, it's like uh, Lauren Boebert's husband is being paid half a million dollars to sit on the board of an oil company, something she neglected to report in her financial disclosures, but that's okay, too. And he has no, he has zero background in, in this, except for the fact that his wife is now a representative. And it's the same thing, you know, no one is saying that a, uh, that it's great. It's not good. <laughs> it's a sign of how, how, how corrupt the world is. What a, a rich and powerful person's son gets to have a cushy job for no experience. I mean, that's just, that's the story in my opinion, but I'm sorry, go ahead. I keep interrupting, but what? So, so, yeah, no, it's okay. The, the, the story. I think if we were, if we keep this story about censorship, I think it's a little mm-hmm. bit of a clear. I think it's a clear story to, to discuss rather than trying to compare again right. the, the red and the blue. And so, 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 the the question is right whether or not the investigation into Burisma was shut down because Hunter Biden was on the board and asked his dad to do it was. Joe Biden. That's the allegation. Mm-hmm. Right? The allegation. But there's some missing. There's some missing dots there, right? There's there's no clear. There was no clear evidence that Hunter Biden basically had asked his father to do it, and that on behalf of his son, uh, Joe Biden had gone to Ukraine and said, "Stop this investigation." So what the laptop, what what basically was on the laptop was a number of emails from Hunter Biden, basically. Uh, that had come from people at Burisma basically saying, thank you for that nice trip to Washington. And the dates of those emails kind of fit into the narrative, fit into the the timeline of when Hunter Biden would have introduced Burisma officials to Joe Biden in order for Joe Biden to then go, you know, and then Joe Biden bragged to the Council on Foreign Relations that he withheld a $1 billion grant to um, Ukraine based on them stopping this investigation. They right? So the point is, it's like whether it's true or not, there is something to this story. No. So it sounds like it's just more is- shit that makes my brain want to explode because what happened was it wasn't Joe Biden stopping this. It was the entire Democratic NATO coalition of dem- Democratic countries that they they wanted this prosecutor removed because he wasn't prosecuting and investigating Burisma. That was the thing. He was dragging his feet and not doing his job to, uh, regardless of whether Hunter Biden's son was on the, I mean, Hunter Biden, his son was on the board of this company. So it was actually against Joe Biden's interests or his son's interest 
And they had, that's why he was bragging and saying, I told them we're, we're not giving you the funding until you, you got rid of this prosecutor. The, the one who was, and they put in somebody right, so to fucking prosecute the case. The guy, it was like, it's the same so thing. Exactly. That ha- so that's the other side. So that, that's the other side of the story is that, that narrative. The right? truth. Which is one side of the story. So you have, right. So, so Ukraine is the most corrupt country in Europe. There's now, yes. All kinds of stuff yes. Going on. But it, it was, that's too. part of why for- Zelensky got elected. They got the, the, Ukraine was a notoriously corrupt country where everything you had to do was you needed. That's why people were sick of it. If you needed to have uh, whatever the cable guy come over, you had to bribe them. They everything was bribed under the table. It was, and people were sick of it. And that's part of what why Zelensky was elected on a platform to get rid of this corruption and undo and that's what they're trying to do and they are a they you know their democracy is a fledgling one as far as that is concerned but yeah i mean i could see how all of the it it, it makes my head want to explode the point is with this story is is Mm -hmm. rather than getting into ukraine is is that (laughs) It sounds like you want to. Are you interested in defending the censorship of this story on the eve of the well, election? Well, what's the See, censorship that, the of what of the Hunter Biden story? But, but I mean, is, is it yeah, censorship what, or what is happened? it just like we have fucking real shit to talk about? We we don't want to talk about this stupid no, laptop until if you okay. If Go you ahead. take something down, right? If if Twitter censored the story, you you literally could not share it. You couldn't put it anywhere and even facebook now has come out zuckerberg admitted uh about two weeks ago that um that they also what they did is they de what do they call it they they de-emphasize that there's a word they have okay basically suppressed so this story is being suppressed why is this story being suppressed because it's a good idea and so what i come to Mm -hmm. through this you know through basically going through and reading and, and understanding both sides of the media at this point, I see that the greatest problem is the censorship, mm-hmm. because censorship is something that will actually stop democracy and science in their tracks. You I can't actually have democracy or science with the, if you have this kind of censorship. Well, I mean, is it and censorship? So, particular... so, I mean, what do you think about the the lie of Trump? You know, the big lie, let's say. Should that be censored? Should that not? Should that just be allowed to uh, proliferate anywhere it wants to? Because I, mean, I know that they take that off of Twitter, of too. You should. It, you think that say somebody saying that the election was stolen, if they don't win the election, then it must be stolen. Then that's good for democracy, even though they lost the election. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm. Any reasonable democracy should be able to withstand the challenge. No, um, I don't them. agree. A hundred percent. I don't agree. I, I, you can't. Uh, no democracy it can stand when people do not have faith in the election. So anytime they lose an election, because this is what's going on in the right wing. But you don't create faith. You don't create faith in an election by censoring one side. That's it's, what authoritarians but it's, but it's bullshit. That's what happens in Every it's just time bullshit. there's been a despotic government, whether it was the Soviet mm-hmm. Union, whether it was Germany, they always first want to censor the news. They but always first it's not news. It's remove. it's it's not truth. It you... is. It is, Tara. It's, it's news and it's important because what you can never know is which side is right. 
So well, this right is the, now, that this is how democracies die. Agree with it, and every it's not about no, disagreeing not with it. Dies. Yes, it is. I mean, in in any authoritarian takeover, they be it begins with the the illegitimacy of the opponent of the other side. So, Joe in the first that's right. Joe Biden had uh, it, you know he won the election you you saw what happened with Hillary she she won the popular vote and lost the electoral college she didn't go out there saying uh you know uh this this is illegitimate he's illegitimate they yes, uh, that, she did absolutely she did not she said Donald Trump will be our president and uh you know we owe him the, the the what did she say we owe him the benefit of the doubt to so that's that that's what she said I, I what do you, you no, know no, Democrats for five years for five years what? Democrats called the election illegitimate they still do some Democrats I talked to still think the 2016 election was rigged by Russia so, well that's the point is it, you have to be able to withstand that oh I'm getting I'm getting a heartache uh, a headache no no I, rigged by Russia there is the FBI and the the Senate report uh, not too long ago said there that. Russia did influence the 2016 election that they they um you know did their what they do their psyops their uh, fake facebook accounts and all that other stuff to, to try to influence the election and yes they did i mean there's a whole web of i, I mean how many how many trump let me ask people you Let went me ask to jail <laughs> because of this. I mean, there are people that went to jail. There are people who begged yeah. for pardons because of this. That uh, Roger Stone is not in jail because he got a pardon from from Trump because of this. No, there mean, was no single indictment. Of, there was no single indictment of any American over over uh, Russia ma- uh, manipulating the election. That didn't mm-hmm. happen. Okay, I must be delusional then, I guess. I don't know, because there's, uh, let's see, Russia. I just had the whole thing up here. But go ahead. Sorry, I don't mean, go. You can keep going. I mean. No, I I think what I, what my point is, is I think if you can take a step back, and I know it sounds like you're getting a headache and a heartache. (laughs) It uh, it just, it hurts because it feels, I, I don't, I mean, honestly, I'm, I don't agree with if it's fine. You don't have to agree with me 100 percent, of course. And I'm in. You know, it's interesting to, definitely to talk to you. But it's it's hard to argue with with uh, with fantasies. You know, I, if somebody just doesn't like that, they don't like the results of an election, and you know that means it was stolen, and that they have the right to just go out and on any platform say the election was stolen and you think that's good for democracy uh, then it's not no no I'm it's not, not. It's good for democracy i'm not what i'm saying that it should so be let, strong let enough okay first. go ahead so, so i think you'd find it interesting if you took a step back and looked at how each president for the last for this entire century has been delegitimized by the opposing party that that's one of the ways that the media manipulates both sides so with, you'll remember with Obama, it was that he was not a re, he couldn't really be president because he wasn't born in this country. Yeah, that was right. Mm-hmm. And the whole, that whole side, they went on with that for a while. Was he born in this country? I mean, was that a is that a valid point of view? Was was Obama from Kenya actually, or should that just be a you know a, a valid 
stance that we should my, accept. My, I'm not trying to, again, I'm not trying to prove the truth of any of these. What I'm mm -hmm. saying is that the media is, is deceiving us. The media is deceiving you and deceiving me. We're all in the state I call red, white, and blind. Mm -hmm. We're all being deceived by the media. And what I'm trying to, to show to Americans and to you and to me and to everyone I speak to is examples where they can see this because it's difficult to see it. If you're in the matrix, right, it's hard to see the matrix, right? If you're the fish swimming in the water, it's hard to see the water. But if you look at it, so the Republicans delegitimized Obama for eight years. Then the Democrats delegitimized Trump for four years. Mm. Then the Republicans I think he delegitimized Biden okay. for four years. He delegitimized right. himself, frankly, but okay. I I don't know. I I mean, you said that Hillary was de delegitimizing him. I don't, you know, she conceded to him oh, on the I, on I that night. You footage. There's a bunch of there's a bunch of footage. They they came out right away and they just they decided we're going to blame this all on Russia. And why did the Democrats do that? They they blamed on Russia not because there was any real evidence there. We now know that the the whole Steele dossier was false and everything. It was, wasn't wholly was false. Up. There was there. It was wholly false. It was wholly false. And the, the reason that they did it was because they didn't want to admit, right, they didn't want to admit why Trump had really won the election, right, which was massive dissatisfaction with the status quo, mm -hmm. right? They put down the Bernie Sanders revolution within the Democratic Party. They weren't able to put down the Trump revolution in the Republican Party. And what you had is you have widespread dissatisfaction with the status quo. People are getting poorer. People are not able mm -hmm. to get health care. People have their jobs are being shipped overseas, right? That was the populist movement. By saying everything about Trump was delegitimate, illegitimate, it was basically saying, don't look at why the Democratic Party acted. Yeah, lost. that's a whole other situation. Yeah, I, I agree. The, there was the a lot of deflection. And what? Sorry. It's, the whole Sorry. thing was deflection. And so that's, that's what I'm saying is if you see that, if you see the media deflecting, it's because the government and basically how we're setting up society right now is fundamentally unfair and it's fundamentally uh, rigged, right? But if, if you can constantly say it's all about Trump and the Russians, you don't have well, to say, oh, well, why did people vote for a game show host? You know, why did people want to yeah. flip up? You know, why did they? Because they wanted change. And if Bernie had been there, they would have voted for Bernie, right? People wanted change. They didn't want the status quo. So you mm -hmm. get somebody in there who actually actually proposing to drain the swamp and to do something different there's legitimate followers of that but instead it was all either racism we we're supposed to believe that half the country was racist or we were supposed to believe it was russian and that those were meat that was media manipulation to get people to demonize and to hate one side of the political spectrum you have all these people who think republicans are are less intelligent and you know less worthy and it's because they want they want a lot of the same okay. things as the Democrats do. Great. Right? But listen, so okay, so show me where, the, okay, so the we're all very unfair to Republicans and because they're not being influenced by Russia, even though there's, uh, you know, I could show you right now, I'm looking at a, uh, a timeline and uh, all kinds of connections, Rex Tillerson, Jeff Sessions, Michael Flynn, uh, connected to you know R Russia Today, the Kremlin-funded propaganda network, Sergey Kislyak, the GRU, um, uh, Carter Page, Trump's political advisor, meeting with Rosen, 
what's his name, Rosenef, the oil company owned by the Russian government and Russian energy giant. And I mean, there's all these uh, well, Roger the Stone, I, yeah, Paul advocate. Manafort, yeah, you know, sure. I, I understand it's all there. All kinds of right? is, is learning not just what is being said, but who's saying it and how you're supposed okay. to feel. But so, but so, you're looking at. Who wrote that, and how does it want? I'm looking to at the New York like, Times. Well, oh no, this is from Politico. Paul, Paul Matterford, GOP Politico. operative, campaign manager, until 2016, former business partners of Roger Stone, who uh, had, let's see, Sergey Milian, Trump's associate, uh, head of the Russian American Chamber of Commerce. Um, the Miss Universe pageant in Moscow, 2013, Trump Organization. Uh, who else was Felix Slater? All of these people involved with uh, Russian business interests. Uh, Trump and all of his children themselves saying we get most of our money from Russia, <laughs> you know, right out of their own mouths. So I and you're I mean, you you're asking me to believe that people like um, Paul Manafort are sincerely trying to make this de- democracy work for all, or Michael Flynn no, no, no. when he's uh, no, no, when he's he can't even register saying, as a I'm foreign not, agent. So, uh, uh, so anyway, no, I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is people that vote for Republican, right? I'm not mm-hmm. I'm not defending the Republican politicians. People who vote for Republican. And people who vote for Democrats have a lot more in common mm-hmm, mm-hmm. than we're led to believe by the media. No, that's that's right? fine. But I right. But here, but listen, this is what I was going to ask. Um, so we are all, you know, um, left wingers or whatever. We say that they're racists and Russian uh, operatives, right? So where where are the right wingers? Where 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 are they reaching out to the left? This is what I want to. I, I the other the thing that always drives me up the wall too is that, for example, you know the the Democrats, the corporate Democrats, especially like Joe Biden and and uh, Nancy Pelosi, they're always touting how bipartisan. They're always reaching across the aisle. They're always trying to, you know, find common common ground and with these republicans how we got you know this this republican to sign on to this bill and whatnot where where is this going the other way where do the republicans or even the fox news viewers what are they reaching out so you're saying that you know the people on the left we don't believe that wuhan was uh the lab and whatever the wuhan um in inflicted the coronavirus on on the world and that's you know that's where we're blind but where is it that the right wingers are trying to reach out to the left i i haven't seen it myself am i missing something i'm just wondering what you see does that Maybe make so. sense? Um, so, are you talking about uh, politicians? Like, you were oh, just in general. I mean, well, yeah, I guess. Everyday people. I guess it's just because well, the you're, politicians mm-hmm. they reach out across the aisle only when it's like supports their interests. I mean, Pelosi mm-hmm. will reach out if you know if she finds common cause with a Republican or vice versa. It's because right. they're, they're not doing something good for people; they're doing something good for themselves. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. They share a lot more in common with each other. You no, know, I hear um, you there. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, right. for sure. But in terms of everyday people, I mean, I've I've been very pleasantly surprised. I mean, I, I think I had the I, I had the concern when I started writing this book, and, and you know, even as I was 
you know, doing journalism work, that I was going to have a hard time finding uh, good conversations with Republicans and conservatives and libertarians. And I found it to be absolutely present. I mean, you know, I live in California, so it may be that the, the conservatives that live here are more open-minded, but I actually find I have more open-minded conversations with conservatives and Republicans now than I do with Democrats, mostly. I'm, I'm making a big generalization. I, I tend to find, and you have large numbers on both sides of people that, again, it's sort of they're in their tribe, and you already know what they're going to think about every issue before you ask them because they just read their one media source. And the conversations are maybe not as interesting, and maybe that's what you're getting at. Mm. But there's also a large subset of people increasingly possibly identifying as independents. But this is the new enlightenment I'm talking about that are following independent media and are following a more balanced media diet. And when you talk to them, it's because they actually realize I don't have views that line up with either party. And they're willing to admit that. A lot of people already experience that, but they're too ashamed or, or worried to admit it that they have views that don't align with their party. And I think that's true on both the left and the right. But the people that are willing to talk about that and say, yeah, I agree with these guys on this. I don't agree on that. And I'm a complete weirdo on this issue or something, right? Mm. We all have that. Those are the people that absolutely, I find people willing to, to, com to, to have conversations. I mean, podcasts I've been on already, just, just with this book I've been doing for, for the last couple of weeks. Um, I've had really interesting conversations on, on all sides. Um, so I think it's just if you're willing to look and if you're willing to, to you know, maybe say, it really comes down to your own personal thing. And I find that with myself. If there's mm. places you're willing to say, I don't know, I'm not sure about this, I'm still learning, you know, then, then you're going to have interesting conversations. But if you come into a conversation, I already have all the answers, and I just stay in my one silo and get confirmation bias, it's, you're probably not going to have as many interesting mm -hmm. conversations. Mm. But what, yeah. I, what I'm optimistic mm -hmm. about is that I think that this awakening is happening. And that's the good news in the book, even though a lot of the book is laying out all of the deception and all of the censorship and propaganda and all that we're up against um, as a political society right now. But at the same time, I do see this, this real birth of independent media and independent minds. Yes. Well, that's that's the one good thing that uh, I, I would stay away from the corporate media. That's for sure. But like, I mean, again, I just feel that there's there is a lot of demonization on the right as in regard to liberals. You know, I don't really see because uh, I've I, I've sure. always I always ask um, just on the show in general. Um, anybody have any good news coming from the right? You know, like I'll share it. Let's talk about it. You know, is there anything that they've done for the American people as far as the working class? Or is it just a constant picking away at the pillars of democracy, which include, in my opinion, spreading of these uh, of lies and also the these um, I mean, a lot of the conspiracies of that 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 erode trust in general with each other because we can't have a democracy and um and a country for example you know they talk about trans people and gay people and uh black lives matter as if there's uh that that's the problem with society with people demanding a seat at the table and they just uh vilify other human beings that way and uh, I, like we're all supposed to, I guess, get in our place and then 
um, everything will be, I don't know, utopia somehow when we're in our hierarchies. But anyway, it's, uh, yeah, I guess we we have a lot of work to I mean, do. There's, no, there, there, there's certainly some, you know, political differences. I mean, I talk about that in the balance of the United too, to get outside of the parties and to get into authentic, what I call true politics, and really mm-hmm. get into what are the, the real underpinnings of conservatism and what are the underpinnings of progressivism mm-hmm. and, like, where are these because there are legitimate differences some of us generally believe that humans are more cooperative and some of us believe humans are more competitive because both of those are true humans are both competitive mm-hmm. and cooperative mm-hmm. and depending on your life experience you might believe that they're more a or they're more b same with something you know and there's there's a lot of issues like you know like abortion or like free speech or like some of these things that people have legitimate differences about but I think that what you'll find is that it's a very small number of people that are completely, you know, whatever, bigoted, mm-hmm. or just have, have these, like, yeah, like, sort of caveman beliefs about, about things. It's very rare. Um, you, you know, to, to run into genuine, like, nasty racism or homophobia, I'm not saying it doesn't exist. It absolutely does, and we need to continue to, to make progress, but it's, it's, it's not a major driver, in my experience. Hmm. In my experience, well, maybe on, right on to your right, face, like, but <laughs> I mean, they just they're making they're legislating against gay people and trans people yeah. all the time. So, I mean, it's just that to me is uh, disgusting, really. Um, you know, uh, they're they're interrogating families about whether they're giving their children gender affirming health care. Right. It's anyway. It's that to me is, yeah, you know, I mean, it's dehumanizing. There, there's it's disgusting. There certainly are differences and things like that. And I'm not saying that, like, what I've come to is, is a belief that um, we need to, in my sort of sense of genuine progressivism, mm-hmm. what I think progressivism is, is it's pushing power and wealth to more people, pushing it away from the center. Yes. And you have on the on the opposite end of it, you have reactionaryism, what I call reactionaries, which want to consolidate wealth and power. And so there's, that's a very small number of people, the people that are very wealthy and very powerful and want to continue to consolidate wealth and power. Conservatives are in the middle. They want to kind of keep things how they are. Mm-hmm. That's sort of how I see it. So progressivism, if you want to continue to push wealth and power out from the center to more people, I think one of the ways that you do that that if you really take a step back, I think will will please both sort of cultural liberals and cultural conservatives, is you have to get back to, to, to local power. You have to mm-hmm. get back to local systems. So if there's a local community that in their school they have a particular belief about, you know, trans identity, then that's okay to do their school that way, you know? You have you have <laughs> local democracy and, and you do that also with yeah. with oh. things like abortion or things like the vaccine mandate or things like gun control. I mean, you, you allow these decisions to be made on more local level, well, and then people can, people can then choose, you know, I, I, don't, I don't really mm-hmm. agree with the society, so I'm going to go around. But mm-hmm. it's, it's really when Easier you try to make though. these decisions from these top-down places. Well, that's um, the whole point that, of having a constitution where people can't just vote on your, whether you're a full citizen you know, and that's, you know, I mean, that's a whole other conversation. And and I see what you're saying. Yeah, that's what conservatives are. Oh, local, local. Let's do it local. They don't want it local either because they'll they'll come into your local and uh, 
tell you what books to take uh, off your library shelves and things like that. So it's, uh, yeah, I, I don't, I don't agree with that either. I mean, there has to be a constitution. Otherwise, why don't we just, why don't we, why don't we just secede? Why don't everybody no, no, just no. secede, I, saying, you know? So that's, but that's the system is you have federalism. So we do have federalism, right? So you yeah. have, we have states, Within states, we have counties. And so there there's certain things that should be absolutely held at the federal level, at the federal government, right? And you should mm -hmm. have certain things set there. You should have other things set at the state level. But if you push more things local, right, then what you can have is you can – so something like let's, – let's imagine something like, um, you know, surveillance, right? Like the fact that there's police surveillance and there's surveillance on our tech devices and that our phones are – you know, have microphones in them and are, you know, probably sending all of our conversations mm -hmm. off to the big tech company, right? So mm -hmm. most people, when you talk to them about that, they're not that into it. <laughs> right. I mean, they have different views about it. They might, but most, so what about if you could, rather than try to get something done at the federal level on that, which is really difficult and, and the big tech companies have a tremendous amount of power, if you can do something locally, yeah. maybe at the state level, but maybe at the local level, like you're in my town in California, or, or I think you're in New York, wherever you are, mm -hmm. like do something at a local level that would say, look, we're, we're not going to allow this type of surveillance data to happen here. Right. And then, you know, once it happens, then maybe more companies will do that. And, you can, and you've seen that happen with things like solar energy and renewable yeah. energy. Yeah, sometimes it'll be things that you disagree with. Like maybe, you know, maybe they're going to have a rule about a particular thing that you disagree with. I mean, that happens. Right. But that's the point of having local communities. Yeah. And I think that's what's sustainable for the long term as well. Right. Well, I, I mean, when it comes to things like whether we should be surveilled or whatever, you know, high speed Internet access. And that, that's one thing. I'm not, but when you're talking about human beings and who should who should exist and how they should exist and whether somebody has full autonomous control over their bodies or, you know, uh, should be able to be whatever pronoun they want to fucking be. That's, that, that's a whole other, that's why we have a constitution. So you can't just legislate against somebody because you don't like them. You know, and I, right. I just see that yeah, that's right. what's going on a lot. But I mean, it's this is a very big conversation and I really appreciate you spending so much time on the show and having a, a lively, definitely lively discussion. I, I appreciate it because, uh, you know, there's, um, you know, like you say, too often we're speaking to the choir, really. And uh, it's always good to to get a different perspective. That's for sure. But. Um, you know, as far as I don't know if I'm going to watch Fox News, I, I, I'd rather ha I guess hate watching MSNBC in the morning is uh, more <laughs> digestible for my coffee than uh, Fox at this well, here's moment. Well, Tara, and, and I also really <laughs> appreciate the lively conversation. And I appreciate you having you on the show. The balance needs to be a diet. So it's 40 sources. And I've, I went through hundreds of sources to pull them. And most of it is not corporate media. I, mm. I don't recommend more than about 25 percent. Uh, corporate media. And I think there should be some, and I, I go into the book why you don't want to completely get rid of corporate media because you want to continue to have exposure to it. Mm. But no, it's really about um, finding an independent media, finding independent media sources where you can basically compose your own way of figuring out the world. Mm -hmm. And through doing it, I don't know which sources you're ultimately going to, to trust and you're ultimately going to find to be your favorites. But what I do know is if you don't have a balanced media diet, and I've been guilty of this as well we fall into these silos and we fall into these sort of thought bubbles 
And that's not healthy for us, and it's not healthy for our communities, it's not healthy for our country, mm-hmm. because we're not able to innovate. We're not, if, if we're stuck in one particular mindset, right. we're not innovative, we're not curious, we're not learning. And so right. that's really where I go with it. I'm not asking you to go watch Fox News. No, I hear you. Not, no. Yeah, I, did, I just <laughs> think that a lot of t- it's what's more unhealthy is not watching let's say fox news in a way but um well that's unhealthy you know but in my opinion but it's uh it's the mistrust that's sown and the and the vilification that's um so prevalent that's really the problem where it's not that conservatives and uh progressives are too um you know are are people who um, all agree that we should have a economically vibrant and upwardly mobile working class majority, right? But we just have different ideas how to get there. It's We don't even agree on that now. It's To me, I feel as if, you know, right-wingers are, they're, they're not, they're beyond the, um, the rational conversation. They're, they're literally oh, telling... Who, who, do you, who do you talk to? Who curious. do I do you talk, talk to? to? People that are. What do you mean? Yeah, do you talk to conservatives? Do you, do you, do you, when you talk to somebody who's like, yeah, I'm a conservative, I um, Trump or whatever. Yeah, I and have. You talk to them, and do they seem like they're not interested in upwardly mobile working class? No, I'm, I, no, I'm not saying that they're not interested in that. I'm saying that they're in. They think that that used to be the you know the thing. Like we are all we all agree that we want an economically vibrant and upwardly mobile working class majority and uh, democracy is the best form of government to get there, you know, for e pluribus unum and all that. That's what I'm saying. You know, that's the way conservatism yeah. used to and and progressivism and liberalism. You know, we all agree on that, but we just have different ideas how to get there. And now I feel that it's uh, right wingers are more um they don't they're they're so um you know like they think they're they literally cannot work with democrats or they will get uh trounced in their own communities so um they'll be for example when um when when was it after hurricane sandy when um obama came to new jersey i was here in new york when when hurricane sandy hit and it was of course devastating and um one of the uh, places that got really hit bad was new jersey and obama went to new jersey and chris christie shook his hand and got uh in big trouble with the right wingers and then of course chris christie was like of course i'm going to shake his hand and blah 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 but just to think that you can't shake the hand of the president of the united states um without being given shit by your own constituency is uh is pretty you know it says a lot so um and now i feel like it's the same thing especially like with hillary clinton like hate hillary clinton go right ahead you know i we talk about her on the show you know but she's not drinking adrenochrome uh she's not uh killing children and drinking the their whatever i don't know there's some kind of uh i don't know what you call it uh gland juice this is what this is what they say you know but but i think 
Right. But but you also have to see that on the other side. Right. So Hillary Clinton did say people are a basket of deplorable. Yeah, but that's but she also said people are fascist. Yes. Semi fascists. And they are. And they fucking are. They have fucking what's his name? Victor Orban. Of course they are. They have Victor Orban. If you if you're. A CPAC person or whatever. Who's they? Okay, C- the CPAC cons- people. The people who go to CPAC. I'm not saying every, you know, my sister, whatever, voted Republican. She doesn't know what the fuck she's doing. That's the, She voted Republican because her, her stupid husband, her ex-husband was Republican. So that kind of thing. I'm not saying she's a fat. She doesn't even know what the hell it is. So, but the people at CPAC who um, invite Victor Orban as their keynote speaker and then they go to Hungary to to have their little gathering and then they invite the guy here the, i mean the, uh, yes that's semi fascist he is a uh, hungary is now an illiberal democracy just like the united states is a, is cl- classified as a backsliding democracy for the first time in our history so you know, these are, of course, that's semi-fascist. What else, I mean, when, a, when a guy comes down an escalator vilifying a minority group as rapists, that's semi-fascist. Any, anybody who is not a fascist should recoil from that. You don't do that. Is, are you saying, or are you saying that Mexicans are rapists? But some of them are good people, I guess. You know, I mean, that's, you don't see that on the but, left. But even... I, I just I don't I don't I still don't see where you're going with this because like how, mm-hmm. so how is how is it helpful What does this term even mean? Semi fascist is is a made up think, term no, to dehumanize people. It, is it dehumanizing? But okay, as far as Hillary Clinton it's with the basket of it's basically what it, it's, it's demonizing people. So so part of the issue that I see is both sides sort of moving in this direction of viewing the other side as un-American sort of yeah, um, yeah like well if fascist. somebody is is and, lying about the election because they lo- they're not man enough to admit they lost and that they would rather tear this country down and we don't, we that, don't have the evidence to prove that the election we, was okay fixed, we do right? it's not so, stolen the other thing is um, is Joe Biden does Joe Biden have dementia is that another thing because uh, that's another thing we keep hearing on the right. Does he have dementia? Because I'm all about, you Probably. know, he does have dementia. I mean, my father had dementia, so I can recognize the signs. I'm telling you, he doesn't have dementia. No person with dementia could stand up and give a speech, okay, uh, or take questions or do, or do a two-hour press conference in front of the American people, which is something Trump never did, of course. But the and then... Does he have dementia? See, this is what I'm saying. Um, if, 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 by all means, disagree with uh, with Biden, um, but d- if you're saying he has dementia, you know, not just you. I'm just saying, like the right wingers are saying he has dementia. That's just I'm bullshit. Sure. It, it and it is dirty, and it is offensive to me. I mean, I'm not a big Biden so person. You, I was a you, Bernie. In your sense- I know you're not a doctor and you're not an expert. In the he doesn't have dementia. Your sense is that Joe Biden has, has his full full mental faculties? He's, uh, I don't know him personally, but he seems to be pretty cognitively there. And 
he doesn't have dementia. Being somebody who's been around people with I dementia. Joe Biden. He's I got interviewed to... Joe Biden in, or I didn't interview him, okay. but I was in a, a events when I was in San Francisco in like the early 2000s, like around the Iraq war time. And he was very different then. He, okay. he was very, um, I don't know. He was very, he was very forceful and mentally sharp. And I don't see that Joe Biden anymore. Uh, it's, 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 there's definitely been a decline in my totally non-professional opinion. Totally. I'm not a doctor, not qualified. All I know is that I saw him in person about 15 years ago, I guess mm-hmm. closer to 20 years ago now, probably 17 years ago. And, um, and I look at him today and he, he, he's very different. Um, well, I mean, no, I people know. age I and things, a, yeah, aging does, you know, yeah, affect people, sure. but I, he does not have dementia. There's no way. I, I We just saw him. Uh, he gave a speech just today. I saw him. He does not have dementia. And it's, to me, I'm like, you know, uh, my father had dementia and I knew my father, of course, my entire life. And he... Um, got dementia you know he, it was a slow decline and um then it wasn't but you could see the signs if he had fucking dementia it it would be clear so if he's not as swift as he was 15 years ago that's not dementia you know and this is what drives me insane about the right so but by all means criticize biden criticize his policies but give me this bullshit about he's got dementia. That I mean, fuck off with that. That is so divisive, and 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 it's the same thing, you know, with Trump. Like, what is Trump is uh, uh, what the same like spreading this bullshit? And but let, he, me, just, let me jump in there because I know I know we got to go soon. I, okay. I got to jump off in a few I minutes. know, <laughs> but um, wouldn't you say that the way that Trump was attacked and has been attacked was not about his policies. I mean, well, what policies? Was, his policies saying about okay. how mm-hmm. what policies? Right. I mean. Like the way that Biden, you're saying criticize Biden on his policies. It's fine. But don't talk about his, you know, sort of. But uh, I mean, I want. Right, like, yeah. Yeah. Negative personal characteristics, let's say. Right. But what does so it, it was, it's the same with Trump? Right. Okay. People talk about his ne- like I would. Well, he is a walking negative. <laughs> But he is Trump is a a, con man. I'm not a Trump fan. Like he's got a lot of issues. But I would say my point again with this book, and and I can I can talk to your listeners about where they can find Mm -hmm. it and things. Yes, please. The point of my book is not to establish that um, one side is right, one side is wrong, because doing that gets us back into these uh, sort of war stances against each other and red and blue, and we're the tribes. It's to see that the, the that both sides are being configured and being manipulated and people looking at it are being guided this way. So you're mm-hmm. supposed to you're not supposed to love Biden or love Trump. You're supposed to hate the other guy, right? Because it's much easier to manipulate people in a negative energetic, mm-hmm. right? So right so so that's sort of more what I'm saying. And so yeah, the book is Red White and Blind. Um, you can find it at redwhiteandblind.com. Also my blog is tonybersunas.com. You'll find everything there. Tony Bersunas on Facebook and Twitter. The book will be out uh, just a few days after Thanksgiving, so right at the end of November. Um, and, uh, yeah, let Thank me know you. if you have any other questions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> any other questions or concerns, <laughs> hit Tony up at uh, <laughs> TonyBrasunas.com. <laughs> Thank you, Tony. It's been, it really <laughs> has been a great uh, conversation and a lot of fun, and I, and I know the people on the chat are really enjoying it. So, yeah, they get tired of listening to me. 
So uh, it's it's been great to, uh, you know, mix it up a little with you. And I know we're coming from the same side also because I'm a Bernie bro myself. So not that, you know, I always hated that Bernie bro thing, but you know what I mean? I was always for Bernie and still am. I know. I know. Even though Bernie had the most diverse uh, constituency, uh, that's that's another and story. More women. Exactly. More women. Supporters. I know. Yeah, I, I, I know. I talk quite a bit of. There's one whole chapter of Red, White, and Blind is really just 2016 and like all of the crazy me- media manipulation. It's mm. fun to relive it if, uh, right. if you or your viewers care. So Wonderful. Thank you well, so Sarah, much, Tony. Awesome. It yeah. has been. Thank you. And I can't, I'm looking forward to uh, mixing it up with you again and one time uh, in the future or once or twice. Who knows? Uh, stay in touch. Anytime. All right. Sarah. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Yep. Bye-bye. All right, Tony Bersuna's Red, White, and Blind. That was an interesting conversation, right, guys? Something different, right? We had Tom Hartman on the show last week, and uh, it's good to get another point of view. What do you think? Yes, Red, White, and Blind. Hold on a second. I got to shut down my the phone. All right, Boop boop boop, because uh, I have to I uh, I have to pay for the phones. <laughs> Every minute that goes by is a another minute out of your pocket, your you guys's pocket. Hold on a second. Okay, there we go. Very good. All right, that was uh, interesting. What do you think? Let me see. Let me check in. Let's check. Let's take our temperature here. Yeah, something different. I didn't yell at him enough? No. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It was hard. It was hard. I mean, you know, he's not here. As Tom always talks about, you know, he's not here to defend himself. So I'm not, I don't, it's not about him. I'm just saying that it, it was a little frustrating because when you cannot agree on truth, yeah, it's kind of concerning. So who is, you know, the election was stolen and there was and that's it's not that no it wasn't it wasn't stolen i mean and uh the where is it let me show you and all the russian the steel dossier stuff there was here 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 oh and then when you reference the new york times like uh, that's a that's a no-no, you know, that's a, obviously a, a fake. Like, who the fuck? All right, um, let's see. From the New York Times, uh, Trump and his backers say revelations about the Steele dossier show that the Russian investigation was a hoax. That's not what the facts indicate. I mean, it's just, and for, you know, for people to be so um, honed in on, all the connections, let's say, for example, with the Wuhan lab, when you find out that the Wuhan lab was uh, doing gain-of-function research, that's just too much of a coincidence. But, okay, how? but, that, but, but here's some more coincidences, right? Uh, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Uh, let's go over this. I'll show you in a minute. Mm-mm. See, look. 
this is you see what I'm saying? It just it drives me crazy that we can, we want to see these loose connections and and the whole barista thing the, or not barista barisma barista <laughs> I'm thinking of coffee um, the whole barista the, the Joe Biden was charged w- by uh, you know given this the mission to stop the corrupt to help stop the corruption in Ukraine and this particular. Um, prosecutor who was corrupt and was not in um, investigating, wasn't doing his job, investigating and prosecuting the the Burisma oil company for all its corruption or whatever the hell. And they got rid of that prosecutor, not because he was doing his job, because he wasn't fucking doing his job. And then and that's manipulated. You see what I mean? And so. So we we see all of these loose strands of uh, connection, but what about okay? But there's no there's no Russia there's no Russia uh, connections at all. Even though here, let's look this up right now. FBI, Senate. Oh, I guess the FBI is corrupt too. Uh, report. Uh, Trump. Okay, no, no, not Russia. I mean, not Trump. Russia. Russian interference in election. Let's see. Senate report outlines grave Russian threat. Oh, I guess everything's that's corrupt too. And the Hunter Biden laptop. Give me a fucking break. Okay. Uh, We'll get back to that in a minute. See, look, Trump and Putin, Jeff Sessions, attorney general, former senator from Alabama during Alabama, Alabama, during the presidential campaign, met twice with Sergei Kislyak, Russian ambassador. And then you go down, who is, um, you know, it's all these connections. Michael Flynn appeared on and was paid by Russia Today, the Russian the Kremlin-funded propaganda network, also as uh, director of defense intelligence agency in 2013, visited the headquarters of the GRU and also um, had inaccurate accounts of his numerous contacts with Sergei Kislyak, the Russian ambassador, who is a another piece of work you know right out of house of cards and then you go so why would you lie why would michael flynn and that's one of the things that actually um uh barack obama told trump when he handed the keys to the white house to him he said uh no you know you run your own foreign policy of course but whatever you do don't don't what did he say uh you know don't give don't give michael flynn (laughs) don't let michael flynn in into your cabinet he's a traitor and what does he do he gives michael flynn a uh a position and then has to fire him like 10 days later because oh he lied supposedly lied to the vice president about his contacts with russians everywhere you look there are people 
connected to the Russians. And let me see something too. Russia, and it's hard to keep track because uh, let's see, Trump officials in prison for Russia. Let's say. Let me look at that. See what comes up. Everyone charged, and he said that no one, no one's been charged. No one's in prison. Here we go. George Papadopoulos, indictments and plea deals. Former Trump campaign foreign uh, policy advisor, arrested in July 2017, pled guilty in 2017 for making false statements to the FBI. He got a 14-day sentence. Paul Manafort, former campaign Trump campaign chair, was indicted on 25 different counts by Mueller's team related mainly to his work for Ukrainian politicians and his finances. And those were the politicians who were trying to undermine the, um, the reform, the democratic reforms that Zelensky was championing or was elected on. Uh, he had two trials scheduled and the first ended in a conviction on eight counts of financial crimes to avert the second trial. Manafort struck a plea deal with Mueller in 2018, Mueller, although Mueller's team said in November he breached the agreement for lying to them. I mean, all these liars, too. And Paul Manafort? You th- you're going to tell me that Paul Manafort is a sincere patriot, right? Who just wants the best for American democracy. He was sentenced to a combined seven and a half years in prison. Rick Gates a former Trump campaign aide and Manafort's longtime junior business partner was indicted on similar charges. But in February 2018, he agreed to a plea deal, pleading guilty to just one false statement charge and one conspiracy charge. Yeah, they were uh, um, put in prison for things like conspiracy against the United States. Nice. Sentenced to 45 days in prison and three years probation. You know, don't be a traitor. Don't be a traitor for three years because we'll be watching you. Michael Flynn, Trump's former national security advisor, pleaded guilty in December 2017 to making false statements to the FBI. He's the one. We go one. We go all now. They're all. Oh, and the other thing I didn't realize, guys, the, the. I think maybe the last show, one of the last shows, we were watching those clips at the Trump rally with their fingers in the air. That's apparently a um, a QAnon salute. Just like, you know, it's a little adaptation of the Nazi salute. Um, where are we? Russian, 13 Russian nationals and three Russian companies were indicted on conspiracy charges, with some also being accused of identity theft. The charges related to a Russian propaganda effort to designed to interfere with the 2016 campaign. The companies involved are the Internet Research Agency. And then, you know, this is this happened. This is true. Often described as the Russian troll farm and other companies that helped that helped finance it, the Russian nationals indicted include 12 of the agency's employees and an alleged financier. Yevgeny Prigozhin, excuse me, I know. It was something I I had for dinner. I'm sorry. This Cal, oh, where is it? Richard Pinedo, Pinedo, 
the California man pleaded guilty to identity theft charges can, in connection to Russia, with Russian indictments and has agreed to cooperate. He was sentenced to six months in prison and six months home detention. Alex van der Zwan, a London lawyer, pleaded guilty to making false statements to the FBI about his contacts with Rick Gates and other unarmed persons in Ukraine. He was sentenced to 30 days. Constantine Kalikmiknik, the longtime business associate of Manafort and Gates, who are currently based in Russia, was charged alongside Manafort with attempting to obstruct justice and tampering with witnesses in Manafort's pending case. Because, you know, that's what you do when you're innocent. You tamper with witnesses and obstruct justice. Twelve Russian GRU officers, these Officers of the Russian Military Intelligence Service were charged with crimes related to hacking and leaking of the DNC's uh, of, of Democratic emails in 2016. No, no, no interference here. Michael Cohen, in 2018, Trump's former lawyer, pled guilty, pleaded guilty, excuse me, to 18 to 18 to eight counts, tax and bank f- charges related to his finances and taxi businesses and campaign finance violations related to hush money payments to women who alleged affairs with Trump as part of a separate investigation in New York that Mueller had handed off. But in November, he made a plea deal with Mueller too, because that's what you do when you're innocent for lying to Congress about efforts to build a Trump tower in Moscow, because you know, nothing to hide when you're a legitimate businessman trying to build something in a foreign dictatorship, you know, nothing shady going on. Roger, and which is why, you know, Trump could not get a legitimate bank loan in the United States because he was, he was put on an allowance by banksters here in the United States because they couldn't, they weren't getting their money back. That's why they confiscated his helicopter and his stupid Trump shuttle and all these other fucking failed event, uh, events, uh, failed, whatever you call it, so-called businesses. And he sucked at business. All he could do was grift and steal. And because he's a rapacious black hole of, of greed, when you can't get your fix, you know, you rob your own fucking mother. So he went to Russia what does he care about United States democracy? What are you kidding me? He loves power and money. Uh, on Twitter, it's before he was drummed off a of tri- Twitter because he was a filthy fascist liar. They uh, Trump, what did he uh, begged begged Putin to be his best friend? Could you imagine? Imagine the uh, the falderal. That the Republicans, the the drama that we would all be dragged through if Obama did something similar. Can Putin be my best friend? Please, pretty please. I, I don't know what kind of impression that was. Obama, some some impression. And uh, Roger Stone in January 2019, Mueller indicted longtime Trump advisor Roger Stone on seven counts. He accused Stone of lying to the House Intelligence Committee about his efforts to get in touch with WikiLeaks during the campaign and tampering with witness who 
could have debunked his story. He was convicted on all counts. Finally, there's one person Mueller initially investigated but handed over to others in the Justice Department to charge, Sam Patton. This Republican operative and lobbyist pleaded guilty to not registering as a foreign agent with his work for Ukrainian political bigwigs and agreed to cooperate. And then you have, of course, Papadopoulos, Flynn, Manafort and Gates, all of these people, Cohen, Michael Cohen. They made deals. What are you making deals for? You're innocent. Jesus Christ. What, what, guys, help me. Help me. Am I wrong? Right? Trump? Here's Martin on the chat. Trump and kids said they loved Russian money. Of, yes, that's right. It came out of their own goddamn mouths. And this is what I'm talking about. What? What? That's what I mean. And then to say Biden has uh, has dementia? Give me a fucking break with this shit. So Biden has dementia. Is Obama, was Obama born in the United States? So we're supposed, so we should all um, think that that's normal. I don't know. Okay, I, I said I won't. I wouldn't do that. And I won't. And it was very nice of Tony to come on the show. He is, he's got an interesting perspective, of course, and it was good to mix it up a little bit. But it was also incredibly frustrating f- for me, <laughs> frankly. I hope he d- didn't. I mean, it was uh, he was a good sport to keep, you know, he stayed on the phone for over an hour. So... But it, 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 it does show you what we're up against. Yeah, what question? He never fully answered that question. Which question, Pookies? Uh, write it in the chat there. Uh, yeah, because uh, the examples of, of media suppression, I suppose, Jeffrey Epstein and the coronavirus. And see, what I talk, say... Um, In general, with the coronavirus, who cares? Who fucking cares? So you're saying, so because the underlying message is that somebody did something nefarious and, uh, oh yeah, right, about where Obama was born, Pookies, yeah. Exactly. Was Obama born in the United States? It's like, attack him if you don't like his policies. Don't tell me he's not an American citizen because the the this is not this isn't happened overnight. You don't see this on the on the left. You don't see that kind of undermining. We go after policies, right? Oh, so you're so he's saying that we uh, Hillary Clinton, the Democrats delegitimized Trump during his whole presidency. Did the Democrats do that? The Democrats did that. Or was it Trump? Trump. He never, he was never the president of the, uh, for all the American people. Remember, if we take out the blue states, we hardly have any death. Right? He was always about um, what you could do for him. 
Are you nice to him? Especially in the beginning of the coronavirus pandemic, when they decided to pull back support for New York, since New York was kind of ground zero in the early days of the coronavirus, because, uh, you know, New York didn't vote for him and fuck him. Fuck him. Let him die. Right? Winston says, same, yeah, right, Tara, same with Biden. Attack his policies if you have a, an, an issue with them, but you, you don't attack the man's character and faculties. So, and, and he, he said he thought he was, uh, he had dementia. He doesn't have fucking dementia. This drives me fucking crazy because it is insulting. It really is. It's insulting to um, everyone who's ever had to struggle with a family member who had dementia. Yeah, my, you think my father, in the, even when he, uh, in the early days of his illness, if he had a touch of dementia, do you think my father could get up there and give a speech, could, could answer questions, volley with the press for two fucking hours? No, he couldn't. My, my father couldn't even program the VCR. That's how I knew something was wrong. In fact, in the in the beginning, I was like, you know, the little things, and the repetition. would ne- There's no way. There's no effing way, and it's so insulting because it's um, the other thing is that there's this. Uh, the feeling is somehow. Everyone, the Democrats are really out to get us, get the whole country. You know, they're out to get. There's something going on here, under the surface, and that, and that, and now that we're talking, um, and kind of processing what, what, you know, the last hour, I'm thinking, I wish I had asked that too. So, okay, you see these conspiracies at the Wuhan lab, and everybody wants to. Do, why would anybody? Ha- why? Why would? Sh- it be in anybody's best interest to uh, release a fucking lab uh, virus. Oh, if it got out by accident, they're doing bioweapons in the lab. And um, there's absolutely no evidence of that. And why wouldn't there be? It would be. It would be in the New York Times, the Washington Post, but oh, it's, that's being suppressed. So they, people would win a Pulitzer Prize if that were the case, and the and the Hunter Biden laptop story being suppressed. What's what the you know why it's being suppressed? Because we're fucking sick of it. It's bullshit. And how many times do we have to waste our breath on it? Like the same way we have to waste our breath about Joe Biden not having dementia. Right? And, oh, we stigmatized Trump? He stigmatized himself. Did you get a load of him? Somebody who comes down an escalator calling Mexicans rapists, so are they rapists? Is that what you're saying? They're rapists. That's just the point of view. Right? disgusting right uh haiku says i could see trump's disgusting lack of character as a 10 year old watching new york to i'm new york 
TV news. Exactly. Exactly. You could, he was a, he's always been a disgusting, greed-centered, sociopathic, narcissist, carnival barker. So, okay, he was vilified. And that's, uh, as far as Hillary Clinton, I, and um, vilifying, delegitimizing Trump? Here, let, let's see. Let's look that up right now. I'm typing here. Hillary Here we go. Yeah, that's what she oh, uh, this is what she said. I'm not a yeah, we go after Hillary Clinton too. But the night she conceded. Hmm. Hold on. Of course, there's an ad. Damn it. God damn it. I'm going to flip the fuck out. And I was cursing. I started cursing. I don't know. All right, here we go. Let's watch this. I hope he wasn't offended with my potty mouth. Well, who cares? I, I congratulated Donald Trump and offered to work with him on behalf of our country. I hope that he will be a successful president for all Americans. This is not the outcome we wanted or we worked so hard for. And I'm sorry that we did not win this election for the values we share and the vision we hold for our country. But I feel, I feel pride and gratitude for this wonderful campaign that we built together. This vast, diverse, creative, unruly, energized campaign. You represent the best of America, and being your candidate has been one of the greatest honors of my life. him we owe him an open mind and a chance to lead that's what she said it's painful I mean, she had more courage more balls than he'd ever have in his entire life not that hey what she should have done in my opinion is uh she should have made bernie her running mate then she would have was who the fuck is tim kane Tim Kaine? Oh, yeah. You know how energized and enthused Tim, those Tim Kaneians are. Give me a break. If Hillary actually wanted... I mean, that was her own arrogance. She And she... And I see, you know, that's... He was saying how she blamed everything else but herself for the... And that's another... Yeah, that's true. She blamed... Um, 
Bernie, you know, for the fact that he didn't concede right away and all that. And but, you know, there is a point. She has a point to but to some of the the manipulation, the Russian uh, psyops campaign. Of course, they're doing it. They they we know this for a fact. They're still doing it. They're still up to it. But, you know, is that why she lost? That's her own shit. That's her own denial. It's part of it. But, you know, she should have made Bernie her running mate. But, God. If she had made Bernie her running mate, we would have won. There's no doubt in my mind. Absolutely no doubt. And then, okay, so what else? Here, Carter Page, Trump political advisor along with two other advisors, met with top managers from Rosen, Rosenft, an oil company owned by, Russian, by the Russian government, Gazprom, Russian energy giant, and Sergei Kislyak, who is the same one who Trump invited to the Oval Office. He probably put a bug under the table while he was there and um, said that, oh, yeah, I got the pressure relieved because I fired that Comey guy. Hardy, hardy, har. And, and there's that picture of them all yucking it up. Where, all, uh, if I'm not mistaken, in that meeting, Trump also blurted out some top secret information that the Israels, Israels, Israelis (laughs) had shared with us. So, you know, boo-boo, booga-booga-booga, it's declassified. But he wanted to, because he was trying to impress Sergei Kislyak, because that's all that mattered. If he impresses Sergei Kislyak, then... um, He'll uh, maybe will tell Putin what a good boy, uh, what a cool guy he is, and then Putin will be his best friend. Ugh. <laughs> yes, Tommy. Thank you, Tommy. I see you, Tommy. From where are you? From New York. I will die mad over Hillary Clinton and Al Gore. Exactly. Me too. Me too. And then Roger Stone, who is a piece of dirt, a traitor, a freak, a scumbag, a tra- I mean, and a traitor. I said traitor. He's he's twice a traitor and more. T- I mean, he is a he's a goddamn comic book book villain. These people are disgusting. Paul Manafort. They're all shady bastards. You know, say what you will about the Democrats, and we do. Uh, at least they're trying, you know, they're trying, they're trying, not all, of course, they're, but some, you know, the, the entire Republican Party, if, if this is what we have to, uh, you know, we're arguing about, you know, um, that some, the Democrats somehow are what, covering up for what? A worldwide pandemic? It's all this fucking conspiracy theory shit. That's not true. I don't know. All right, we'll stop telling me the election was... uh, There's no evidence? There's... The jury's out on... No! 
No. The election wasn't stolen, and it's conflating two different things. The electronic voting machines, that was never any, that was never their argument. They, they went to court. They were told they were, uh, that's their, that's, they have the burden of proof. Well, what's, where was it stolen? And 61 court cases all over the country in different jurisdictions, different different judges, including Trump-appointed ones, dismissed their bullshit court cases with prejudice. With fucking prejudice, which is the legal um, equivalent of saying, get the fuck out of here with that shit. God, I, I don't know. Oh, God, Paul Manafort... One-time business partner of Dmitry Firtash, Ukrainian oligarch who got a sweetheart business deal from associates of Putin. And Viktor Yevanovich, former president of Ukraine, received financial backing from Firtash and a political ally of Putin. And, of course, Paul Manafort is also a connection, has a connection to Roger Stone, GOP operative and political advisor to Trump, and Putin, also connected to Putin. One-time business partner of Oleg Deripaska, Russian oligarch, who is also close to Putin. And also, Paul Manafort is connected to and a business associate of Konstantin Kalinik, Ukrainian political operative formerly affiliated with the GRU, the Russian Military Intelligence Agency of Putin. Here's the business ties. Felix Slater, Fedor Amal Yanko, mixed martial arts star and former business partner, friend of Putin. Um, yeah, the Trump Organization, international conglomerate that comprises Trump business venture and investments, mysterious private server connection to the Alpha Bank, largest, pri largest private commercial bank in Russia. And, oh, yeah, the other thing, the dossier. The Steele dossier. Where is it? He was saying, it's all bullshit. I, I, you, you see what I'm saying? Like for, for the people who think or say assert, or, or assert that these loose um, connections to someone got a some kind of permit to do gain of function which is not even fucking true let me look this up um who did the wuhan wuhan lab get a gain of function permit is that a thing Let's see. NIH documents, okay, provide new, and this is from The Intercept. Oh, Jesus Christ. I have to sign in? I am not, 
It's a paywall. Gain of here's let's go to fact check. Hi, Junior. Thank you for coming over and being my emotional support cat. The Wuhan lab and the gain of function disagreement. A disagreement between Republican Senator Rand Paul and Dr. Anthony Fauci has put $600,000 of U.S. money, uh, grant money, to the Wuhan Institute of Virology back in the spotlight while making gain-of-function research a household term. All admit calls, calls for an investigation. At the at issue is whether the National Institutes of Health fa- funded research on bat coronaviruses that could have caused a pathogen to become more infectious to humans and separately. If SARS, the virus that causes the disease of COVID-19, transferred naturally from bats to humans, possibly through an intermediate host animal or a virus, a naturally occurring one, or a lab-enhanced one, was accidentally released. It was like, where the fuck do we live? Is this um, some kind of Netflix series? There are a lot of unknowns, speculations, and differences of opinions about the topic, but let's start with what we know. In 2014, the National Institutes of Health awarded a grant to the U.S.-based Echo Health Alliance to study the risk of future emergence of coronaviruses in bats, from bats. In 2019, the project was renewed for another five years, but was canceled in April 2020, three months after the first case of coronavirus was confirmed in the United States. The great cancellation, oh, the great, the grant cancellation. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Sorry, guys. EcoHealth ultimately received $3.7 million over six years from the NIH and distributed nearly $600,000 to uh, Wuhan's Institute of Virality, Viro- Virology, a collaborator on the project. The grant cancellation came at a time when then-President Donald Trump and others questioned the U.S. funding to a lab while exaggerating the amount of federal money involved. Well, gee, I wonder, well, how much do they exaggerate it to? Oh, they said that it, re- that it received $7.5 million, but it was actually 500000 Is that what happened? 600,000, yeah. Uh, why, why, uh, whatever. Everything is a fucking lie, so. Um, the Wuhan Institute of Virology has studied bat for coronaviruses for years and their potential for ultimately infecting humans under the direction of scientist Shi Zhengli, as the Scientific American explained in a June 2020 story. The, the zoonotic trans zoon okay I know I'm annoying uh, you just have to bear with me I annoy myself the zoonotic transfer meaning transmission of a virus from an animal to a human of coronaviruses occurred with SARS and MERS okay so which led to gro- global outbreaks in 2013 20- 
2003 and 2012. Both viruses are thought to have started in bats and then transferred to humans through intermediate animals uh, such as raccoon dogs. Mm, that sounds cute. Raccoon dogs. I think I'll trade you in for a raccoon dog. Junior. In case of SARS and camels, in the case of MERS, experts have suspected the SARS-CoV-2 virus similarly originated in bats. Researchers in China, including the Wuhan Institute of Virology, have said that the virus shares 96% of its genome with the bat virus co collected by researchers in 2013. While that's quite similar, Dr. Stanley Perlman, a professor of microbiology of, and immunology at the University of Iowa, who studies coronavirus and pediatric infections told us it would be impossible to take such a virus and make that kind of change, the kind of change required to turn it into a SARS-CoV-2 in a lab. One would need a virus that's 99.9% .9 similar. An article published in Nature, you know, the magazine, in March, said that the virus likely originated through a natural selection in an animal host before zootronic transfer, or natural selection in humans following zootronic transfer. The researchers who analyzed the genome say it's not a laboratory construct or a purposefully manipulated virus. While they said an accidental laboratory release of the naturally occurring virus can't be ruled out, they said they do not believe any type of laboratory-based scenario is plausible. In an April 2020 statement, University of Sydney... See, that that's what I'm saying, guys. You know, it's so... Um, as we were having the, our conversation, there's the, the, the shit just keeps flying. That's why I was like, I'm getting a headache and a heartache because it's like, you, you can't, it's, you got to keep swatting it out. Oh, Wuhan, uh, virus, Jeffrey Epstein. See the, the, and the underlying theme, all of that, uh, is saying that the left wingers aren't reporting the Jeffrey Epstein story because the Clintons, the Clintons murdered him, you see. Or the Wuhan virus thing is because Dr. Fauci is corrupt and we all want you to wear masks. Like, gotta fuck off. Just, I don't care you wear a mask or not. Stay in your hovel. Leave me alone. That's all you, but if you want to play in our reindeer games and be part of a civilization, you know, we have certain, um, we have certain responsibilities, right? Junior, Junior knows. Look at this, look at this cat, everybody. Look at it, watch. Give me your paw. I tell you, watch, watch again. Give me your paw. Ow, not your mouth, your paw. <laughs> He's a good boy. He listens, not like some, not like some I know. Oh, wait, I do. Do I have any treats in my pocket? Maybe that's why he's bothering me. Oh, I have treats. I have treats in this pocket. 
this is a jacket I was wearing with the kittens. I have a couple of rescue kittens. I'm socializing. So I, you might find my pockets filled with cat treats. I'm, uh, yeah, I guess I have to embrace the cat lady moniker. What can you do? Here we go. Take these treats. Take these treats and shove it. Boom, I ain't taking your shit no more. Get out of here. All right, enough. Tree. This is only going to encourage him. Why did I do that? All right. Let's get to the bottom of the story. This is a very long article from factcheck.org. So let's see. Um, what's the bottom line, man? What's the bottom line? Gain of reach, gain of function is a term that could describe any type of virology research that results in the gain of a certain function. But the type of the type that's controversial, including among scientists, is research that causes a pathogen to be more infectious, particularly to humans. In 2014, the U.S. government put a pause on new funding of gain of function research which it defined this way. With an ultimate goal of better understanding disease pathways, gain-of-function studies aim to increase the ability of infectious agents to cause a disease by enhancing its pathogenicity or by increasing its transmissibility. A paper on a 2016 paper on ethics of gain of function said the ultimate objective of such research is to better inform the public and um, preparedness efforts and or developmental of medical countermeasures. The pause intended to provide time to address concerns about the risks and benefits of these studies. Specifically, so they weren't even doing this shit. Specifically, the funding will pause. Uh, the funding pause will apply to gain-of-function research projects that may be reasonably anticipated to confer attributes of influenza, MERS, or SARS. Oh, Jesus Christ. As the Nature article at the time explained, there had been fierce debate among scientists on what exactly, uh, what research should be deemed too risky, and some confusion on where the line would be drawn. Viruses are always mutating, the article said, and then it said that it has it is difficult to determine how much mutation deliberately created by scientists might be reasonably anticipated. So what and then what he was saying was that they were manipulating the virus as a bioweapon. There's none of that shit here. It's fucking Jesus H. Christ on a bike. Right? So that's, that's what I mean. That's why uh, it was hurting my soul. Because you, you can... You just swat down one bullshit. And then you have other fucking five different... F- Ow! That hurt! You just bit my hand. Stay over there. You're punished. Ow, you scumbag. Everybody, I'm getting bit. I'm getting bit. I'm getting hit. I'm getting assaulted. Oh my god. <laughs> Haiku. That's funny. Yes. Zenny, we had, had had a guest on earlier who spoke of such things, and Tara's been spending two hours debunking the things you said. Yeah. 
because there were they just were it's like there's not enough time in the day and then it's like do you know any republican who do you talk to on the trump side but do you see what i'm saying there's it's always on us when do they talk to us when do they talk to and, and what are we supposed to talk about right it, it, first of all i know we got to wrap it up but it's like oh god <clears throat> got so much to say in too little time all right let's finish up with this and they say oh um if you attack trump they're all being attacked as racists and um russian opera well are you are we wrong i just went through the whole litany okay and the fbi said there was influence in the 2016 camp in the fbi in the senate report co co uh, authored by republicans said yeah russia did interfere in the 2016 election that's not my fucking co- oh i guess that's that's fake too but the uh, um wuhan lab that's which you know one you're telling me there's some kind of gain of function research permit which was put on pause in 2014 we just read all over the world while they discussed the uh how ethical it was and how dangerous it would be to you know uh conduct this research but i guess those they're lying you know, because whatever. But Trump's not lying. You see, the guy with the fake university, the fake vitamin scam, the fake multi, you know, multi-level marketing vitamin scam, the fake uh, veterans charity. You know, he's not lying. The one who lied about his square footage on his all of his sham properties. Uh, inflated or deflated, depending on what what kind of money he wanted. <sighs> Jesus Christ. Okay, we're going to finish up with this, and then I need to go hit myself in the head with a hammer to cure my headache. Those in the program will know what I'm talking. No, I won't. I won't be drinking. There's there's a there's a uh, a f- part in the AA big book that says yeah it's like hitting yourself in the head with a hammer to cure a headache. Don't worry, I'm just going to bed. I gotta feed the cats, the the kittens. You know they're kittens. I have to feed them, socialize them. You want to see something? Actually, just let's uh, look at some cats for a second, so we can all. Calm down. <laughs> Look at this little kitty. That's spicy. Look how cute he is. That's little spicy. Eating his breakfast this morning. Out of my... I was sitting on my lap. He was a good kid. He's come a long way. I'll show you a picture of his sister. This is Salty. Salty. She's cute. Well, Spicy has a home waiting for him. But Salty... Salty needs a home. 
Anybody in New York City area wants a little salty girl? She's very good. She's a good girl. She's cute. She's getting fixed. They're both getting fixed at the end of October. That's the first appointment I can get. Apparently, there's a nationwide vet shortage. So they're being fixed, and then they'll get their vaccinations, and they're ready to go in about three and a half weeks. So Spicy has a place to go, but Salty, Salty needs a home. Anybody in the New York City tri-state area wants a little Salty girl, she's cute. She's very loving. She's a, she really is a doll. She'll be, in a, she'll be a wonderful pet. She was born in a cemetery, like Judy Garland was born in a trunk. And uh, she's cute. That's all I can say. She's goddamn cute. Her name is Salty. You can change it to whatever you want. And her brother is spicy. They will be going their separate ways. But at first I thought, well, I need to adopt them together they're so bonded but the fact is they're so different their personalities are so different i think that it'll be better for them to be adopted separately and they're only bonded because they're in the same cage i guess but then they're you know they love each other but they'll get over it here's spicy but yeah because i'm afraid that spicy will because he is a little bit more spicy if they go together then um you know, because Salty is so easy and she's very much, you, know, you could pick her up, kiss her, hold her like a baby. Now, Spicy's a little bit more spicy about that stuff. Um, I'm afraid that someone will end up, whoever gets the, if they took both of them, they, would, they wouldn't put up with his shit. He, he really needs attention. And patience. And it would be difficult to do that with the both of them. And there he is. A little spicy. All right, whatever. So here's a short article. And then we're going to go to go. We're all going to go unconscious at the same time. We do everything together here on Tara Buster. It has, uh, it's an, arg an argument. An article, which could be an argument, by Jennifer Rubin. She's a Republican. You know that? I never really liked her until she started talking that, talking true about Trump. But she wrote an article, Washington Post, titled, Just How Racist Is the MAGA Movement? This survey measures it. And that's what he was saying, that, oh, uh, uh, Republicans are just called racist. Well, what do you call Democrats? Right? Demons. Everything but our names. We drink blood. We drink a dream of chrome. Fucking ridiculous. It, uh, oh, and we're, we, we're so corrupt that we've, we vote for Biden. But can't you see? He's got dementia. And it drives me crazy. So, the, for example, I know I'm going off on a tangent, but Biden whatever he, he gave a speech and in the speech he's he every time i watch biden i'm like, and i say that's they're gonna clip that out 
that's next thing you know. I, of course, I'm correct all the time. They'll they'll put up a a clip from the speech where Biden's where he stumbles over his words or something, and they'll say uh, the and the the tag on Twitter or whoever you know the the description will say. And these are coming from verified accounts, monsters, the accounts of monsters, Republicans. And it'll say Biden uh, crowd stands stunned while Biden loses it or something like that. And, you know, I watched that speech, too. That's not what happened. But you're taking something out of context. You're you're making something right at you're pulling it out of your ass and you're spreading it online and that's supposed to be that's fair fight that's a fair fight no it's not you're you you have, you don't have dis, you're not disrespecting me you're disrespecting your dumbasses the stupids who believe in that who watch who watch your twitter feed and see your stupid um, description and take it at face value. You see, I know better. And show me where that fucking happens on the left, where the where normal people do do that to Republicans. We don't have to do that. We take their words right out of their mouths. Right? Remember when um, Sarah Palin was trying to squat in the White House, and Saturday Night Live took her verbatim and did a whole skit on it. They didn't change one goddamn word. That's how ridiculous they are. But, you know, these Republicans, they just bite it. The, the crowd stands in stunned while Biden fumbles and stumbles. You, f- you disingenuous scums. Show me on the left where that happens. Where we take something out of Trump's mouth and say, oh, and make it seem the exact opposite or something nefarious. He's doing that himself. We don't have to make shit up because the truth is far more... F- concerning and far more offensive really so anyway uh jennifer rubin writes for the washington post it's been a long it has been long understood that the maga movement is heavily dependent on white grievance and straight-up racism and the other thing is i know um why is donald trump the big hero of the kkk why is david duke praising donald trump he's your man you're in bed with david duke and the kkk you know you're you're do you're on the wrong side of history oh but you're not racist you're not racist don't call them racist god no it's not like we don't have any other words to call them right that's what i always say why it's not like we're at a loss for words we have a fine vocabulary we're not the morons who don't know where to put the apostrophe in Y-O-U apostrophe R-E. We're not the idiots who don't read books, right? 
We're not the ones who ban books. We're the ones who are capable of functioning in a free, democratic, diverse society of different people, different pigments, all different kinds of pigments and shit. We're not that. So we, we, got, we got plenty of words to go on. Yeah, we could choose from a lot of words. We got the best words. Trump says he's got the best words, but all I keep hearing are the same old fucking bullshit. Like nobody's ever seen. Uh, what, what, what else does he say? It's uh, horrible, terrible, very, very. Jesus Christ. Oh, God. Help me. Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Okay. It has long been understood that the MAGA movement is heavily dependent on white grievance and straight-up racism. Hence, Donald Trump's refusal to disavow racist groups and his statement that they were very fine people on both sides in the violent clashes at the white supremacist rally in Charlottesville. And now we have the numbers to prove it. The connection between racism and the right-wing movement is apparent in a new poll from the Public Religion Research Institute. Junior, what the hell, man? The survey asked respondents about 11 statements designed to probe views on racism. For example, quote, White Americans today are not responsible for the discrimination against black people in the past. The pollsters then use their answers to quantify the Structural Racism Index, which provides a general score from 0 to 1, measuring a person's attitude from 0 to 1, measuring a person's attitude on white supremacy and racial inequality, the impact of discrimination on African-American economic mobility, the treatment of African-Americans in the criminal justice system, general perceptions of race and whether racism is still significant a significant problem today higher scores indicate more receptive attitude to racist beliefs that's the other thing if 90 percent of people with darker pigment vote democratic why why is that because we know that the the racists, the Republicans, say that, oh, it's because Democrats are promising them free stuff, which is itself a racist trope, as if um, that's all people with darker pigment care about. We just want uh, free stuff, you know, so we can sit around lazy in our social safety net hammocks. Okay, so why is it? Okay, whatever. The results shouldn't surprise anyone paying attention to the MAGA crowd's rhetoric and veneration of the Confederacy. Yeah, that's another thing. Among all, here's the quote, among all Americans, the median value on the structural racism index is a 0.45 near the center of the scale, the poll found. The median score on the structural racism index for Republicans? is a 0.67. That's a, that's a more, it's a more than a 20 point jump. Yes. Um, for in, okay. So it's a, for the structural racism, it's a 0.67 
for Republicans compared to a 0.45 for independents, which is right in the middle, and a 0.27 for Democrats. Put differently, Republicans are more likely to buy into the notions that whites are the victims. The poll also found that the religious right or the religious group that makes up the core of the t- of today's GOP and MAGA movement has the highest structural racism measure among the demographics surveyed. White evangelical Protestants have the highest median score of 0.64, while Latter-day Saints, white Catholics, and white mainline Protestants have a median of 0.55. They're still racist, but, you know. By contrast, religiously unaffiliated white Americans score a 0.33. This is true even though whites report far less discrimination toward them than racial minorities do. The survey also captured just how popular the lost cause to rewrite the history of the Civil War and downplay or ignore the evil of slavery is on the right. Republicans overwhelmingly back efforts to preserve the legacy of the Confederacy. That's at 85%. Compared compared with less than a half, half of independents, 46%, and only one in four Democrats, 26%. The contrast between white Republicans and white, and and they're talking about Democrats, white. They're talking about white, not just all Democrats, white Democrats, okay? White Republicans, white independents. The contrast between white Republicans and white Democrats is stark. Nearly nine in 10 white Republicans compared with Democrats, Uh, So we're talking about 87% of white Republicans compared to 23% of white Democrats support efforts to preserve the Confederacy. Americans who fully support reforming Confederate monuments have a much lower structural racism index score, while those who oppose it have a much higher score. The same is true when it comes to renaming school honor, schools honoring individuals who supported slavery and Rachel, 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 discriminate, Rachel, I knew a girl named Rachel, discrimination or changing racist mascots. Hey, that's our heritage. Fucking assholes. God, I hate them. Oh, no. I'm, uh. I'm shutting them out. No, I'm only shutting out morons. Oh, oh, okay. Okay, stop. Stop. Those who want to keep Confederate monuments and offensive mascots in place, you know, because freedom, might deny that their views have anything to do with bigotry. But then again, it's just our legacy, you know? Our heritage. Then again, they might deny the legacy of racism and paint whites as victims. In general, MAGA forces have one goal when they amplify replacement theory or fuss over corporations promoting inclusivity 
to maximize white anger and resentment. Robert P. Jones, who leads PRRI, tells me, while this result may seem surprising or even shocking to many white Christians, it's because we do not know our own history. If we take a clear-eyed look at our history, we see widespread, centuries-long Christian defense of white supremacy. He adds, for example, every major Protestant Christian denomination split over the issue of slavery in the Civil War, with Methodists, Episcopalians, Presbyterians, and Baptists in the South all breaking fellowship with their Northern brethren. Given that history... Joan says, it's hardly a surprise that a denial of systemic racism is a defining feature of the white evangelical today. The PPRI poll shows the MAGA movement has done a solid job convincing the core of the GOP base that they are victims. And let's be clear, an aggrieved electoral minority that believes it's been victimized and is ready to deploy violence is a serious threat to an inclusive democracy. Yeah, I think that's more of a threat than not allowing a filthy fucking lie coming from the ass of a con man to fester and stink up goddamn social media sites. What do you think, Junior? All right, guys, I got to go. I got to go to bed. I can't take it anymore. I need to be unconscious. And I will need to say yet again, become a patron at patreon.com slash Tara Devlin. And thank you, Tony Brazunas. Brazunas. And your interesting... Thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for a lively conversation. And I want to thank you, Jim... And thank you, Ron and Martin and Richard W. Richard W., I missed you when you first got in there. Another great show, Tara. Thank you, Richard. It's only great because you're here helping me out. Ow! God, fuck. I can't take it anymore. I'm getting bit. I'm getting bit by my own cat. I'm getting bit. He's He's biting me. All right, listen, guys. It'll be fun. Uh, Friday... We're going to get together again. And thank you, Haiku, for being a moderator. And Jim, for being a moderator. And, all right, listen, listen, listen. I can't believe how late it is. Right? But, what was I going to say? We will win. That's right. You know it. Because whatever. Truth is, we're on the right side of history. Right? We're... Ow! We're... Stop that. We're on the right side of decency, dignity, and democracy. Now, we will be getting together again on Friday evening at 8 30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Remember, until that time, we stick together, we win. Become a patron at patreon.com slash Tara Devlin. I'll get those mugs in the mail. If you want a mug, 
and you're a supporter of the show, please um, send me an email at tarabustermedia at gmail.com and I'll send you a mug. All right, my friends. We stick together. We win. My name is Tara Devlin. Here's my cat. Right? Listen to him. Say uh, hello. <laughs> All right. All right, guys. I'll see you very soon. Hey, ow! You're hurting me. You're biting me. <laughs> You're killing me here. <laughs>